on IBC. You'll love it. Oh, my gosh. Does that suck? We have spent $40 million on a live TV show. You guys have got an ad with America's favorite old fart reading a book in front of a fireplace. Now, I have to kill all of you. Excuse me, sir. Uh, I don't want to be out of line here, but, um, well, we've been running that spot now for over a month, and, well, it's getting a hell of a response. I am the youngest president in the history of television for a reason. I know the people. Well, uh, granted, but the people already want to watch the show. That isn't good enough! They have got to be so scared to miss it, so terrified! Now, if I were in charge, here's the kind of thing I would have done. Grace, cue it up.
one. It's uh, five minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11, and this is the month of December in the year of our Lord, 2007. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. I think my processing has been adjusted. I like it. Uh, you sound very manly today. Live. Yes, I do. Let's live do sports show. <laughs> live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM970 Solid State Radio. This, my friend, is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Uh, it is Wednesday, and oh wait, it is the holiday season. I, I ought to be using this more. Wait, hold on a second. Uh, no, not that. Hold on a second. Merry I to, Christmas. Thank you. I ought to be using the, uh, where's my day 12? So anticlimactic now. I ought to be, and welcome to... Good day, and welcome to day 12. There you go. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. With your comments, your clarifications, your conventions, your two cents, uh, your what have you. Richie Bristol is standing by, who many employees, by the way, are having difficulty looking in the eye today. I won't name names, but I'll say that there's any number of people we work with who are looking at Richie Bristol just a little differently today. Uh, and then Sarah and I, we, will not just, uh, we won't reveal this on the air, but Sarah and I were then ruminating yesterday about who the, who the female employees might have been who approached Richie about going to the swingers club with him. I'm not going to make it like a whole day of discussion about that again. We've sort of been down that road and back and down again. Just saying it was talked about a little bit yesterday. Uh, so he is standing by ready, willing, and able to uh, sleep with your wife, apparently. Uh, also to pass along your observations about the interesting, the groundbreaking, the tedious, the mundane. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. You need to stop throwing your pen. Remember it ended up in your coffee yesterday? Dropped it on the floor. 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am. Tim at 970.am. Or Richie with a T. Uh, 970.am. All right. So we were just, so we played Scrooge, the little Scrooge thing, which is fantastic. Thanks to Aaron for that. That's Aaron put that one together. Uh, and then we segued right into, do they know it's Christmas? Which, uh, whose existence I had completely forgotten oh, about. It's such a great song. And I know that we came from different, you know, time periods and that you're burned out on it. Yes. Well, I'd just forgotten about it. That's the thing about, do they know it's Christmas? Because here's the thing about, do they know it's Christmas? Next. This lives, for people of my generation, this lives forever in the shadow of We Are the World. Even though this came first, I think. Oh, every year I look forward to listening to this song. I have the instrumental version, too. Why would you? For what reason? It's beautiful. Okay. I, Tim, is it correct that this song predates We Are the World? I believe so, yeah. And then it was like, it was the year after this. There were a lot of useful charitable things going on in the 80s. They yeah. didn't help anyone. We, you know, we Except for Bob Geldof. Yeah, was, At least they tried. You know, I believe he is, is he not Sir Bob Geldof yes, now? he is Sir. Yeah. I think it, they almost gave him, like, the Nobel Peace Prize, too. Well, for the longest time, his first name was Humanitarian. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> he did Live Aid. Mm -hmm. Bob Geldof did Live Aid. He did Band-Aid, which yep. is that, do they I know it's Christmas? Bob Geldof. Now, Bob Geldof wasn't behind We Are the World, though. That was Michael Jackson, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, Quincy Jones, who did that. All right. You know, they just don't do things like that anymore. For better or worse, they do not do things like that anymore. Here's a little lesser-known one, and I'm not making this up. There was one called Hearing Aid uh, that was Ronnie James Dio did. <laughs> that was like for rock stars who'd gone deaf. I swear to you, there was a benefit called Hearing Aid with Ronnie James Dio that was all for, like, deafness awareness or whatever. I think I found my live read bed for today. Really? Now, here's the, the great and terrible thing about, about that do they know it. Well, first of all, we were talking about this while the song was playing. I now am not even clear as to what the song is about. 
So there's that line about they won't be snow in Africa this Christmas, but they're saying it as though they're, they're typically not implying is. implying it. They said, no, but, I thought they said there's never snow in Africa. I thought they said there won't be snow in Africa this Christmas, but then they're making it sound like they're going to fix that or something. Like they're raising money to buy snow for Africans. That would have been snow aid. <laughs> snow aid. Um, the, I just don't really know what that line means. Do you have that line ready? Can you? Do you have that part of the song? Who sings it? I don't know. I don't even remember who's on this. One synthesizer they shared. Bono was the ugliest man alive. No, no, you get the big feathery mullet then, too. Is it after this? I don't know. Um. <laughs> Here we go. What the hell does that mean? There's never snow in it. It's Africa. Oh God, makes people dig just a little bit deeper. Oh, little boy George. I don't even know. Neither rain nor river. So let me understand this. Hold on, let me just get this clear. So the gift here is that Africans don't know about Jesus and or Christmas or whatever. And because they're and starving so, so much, they don't get any snow either. Exactly. So about, so this is another thing where the white man sings a song about how he's going to give snow to someone. Is that what's happening in this? Only what, the British white man. What? So rich Europeans, as they always do, are going to bring prosperity to lesser countries because that's always how it works. That's always what. That's I always need what. Food or clothing? I want. No. Seriously, I'd much rather have snow than a sandwich. Maybe a snow cone. Um, because that's usually how it works out. By the way, when uh, Britain decides to go, uh, you know, do something in a, in a, you know, like in a developing nation, I'm sure, ask India how they felt about that. Hi, we're the British. We're here to help you, and by help we mean beat. Uh, all right. Well, I don't know what it was raising money for. Was it for the same thing that? We are the world was raising money for? Yeah, there are plenty of starving people in Africa. Take well, there's still... Clearly, it didn't help. Nothing helps. No, nothing helped at all. That's why they gave up and don't do it anymore. All right. a thankless job. The end. That is the moral of the story. You've learned something today. It's that... It's that Christmas things never help anyone. All right. And neither does Bob Geldof, apparently. And yet he's a knight of the British Empire, and I'm not. So, that's not fair. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, Sarah was asking me who somebody was, by the way, and I wasn't watching the video. Uh, I can't... He's the guy who... He's, he starts singing. He's right here. Is that Bob Geldof who begins? No, I know what Bob Geldof would say. He's pink, right? He's pink. They're all pink. They're British. <laughs> uh, the sun never shines there. No, it's That's not. There won't be sun in the United Kingdom this Christmas. All right, so I'm talking about... Who? All right. It's going to start in a second. All right. Not him. That's Bob No, Geldof. not him. I know I'm just saying. That's Bob Geldof. I don't know who he is. That's Sting. Yeah. This guy. It's Christmas time. Who's that? I don't know. That's who I want to know. He's very, he's very good looking. That's uh, one of the uh, Duran Duranites. That, I was going to say he's in Duran Duran, but yeah. I don't really know. Yeah, that, this is during the Duran Duran. Hold on. Now I have to watch this video, and then we'll get these it's calls a great in a video. second. Boy George. 
That's back when he still was like an ugly Kate Winslet. He looks like Lucille Ball back then. I see. No, see, I was going to, we went two different ways, but yeah. No, he totally looks like Kate Winslet's ugly sister. If he had been just a little prettier there, I would totally have done him. Uh, George Michael, Phil Collins. Boy, look at that hair on George Michael. Jesus, God. He's like the cowardly lion. I don't know who that is. Is that the same guy, the Duran Duran guy? I know we're watching a video on the air. All the Duranites are there. That's okay. We played cards on the air yesterday. <laughs> it's like that time Don and Mike played blackjack on the air for an hour. I don't know who that is. Very dramatic. So many of these people are just lost to the to the sands of time. Wow, he was really young back then. What's that? He was really young back then. Bono. Boy, Bono always making himself known in a crowd. Let me just oversing everything. He is the Bruce Springsteen of the UK. He's a pet shop boy, I think. Yeah. Note how nobody will sing with Boy George. He's off on his own microphone. No one will get near him. So sad. Everybody else is like four to a microphone. Boy George is in a, I was going to say in a closet, but he's sort of off in his own little area in the studio. God, I hate British music. We hate it so much you're watching it over and over I know. I just real I'm realizing as I watch this we have to we have to stop. Oh, we got all these people calling about it. I, 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 here's the thing about Live Aid. We're talking about a son that's twenty three years old. I, I realize as I watch this that with the, the glam days. With the exception with with the exception of uh, George Michael. I'm trying to think of anybody else. With the exception of George Michael, I realize now that I don't really like any of the groups that these members are drawn from. You don't like You don't too? like Duran Duran? I know that it Scott makes me Dallas, out. You I know, yeah, I know that everybody's going to lynch me because I don't like Duran Duran. Pet Shop Boys, I can. No, they're not bad. I like the Pet Shop Boys. Um, I sound like an old person. Uh, the Pet Shop Boys, I like some of that music I do. Now the Pet Shop Boys had some singles that I liked. Uh, big George Michael fan. It, but it's like the rest what of it, I just. Phil Collins, come on. This is the best quote, by the way, Tim. Do you want to feel old? Here's yeah, the best quote from from Sarah you're this morning. Make me sound stupid. So you're just gonna sound young, Sarah. Is it? See, you should be happy. It makes you sound young. I had hair like some of those people back then. Please tell me who. Please tell me it was George Michael's hair. Please, please don't say Bono. Please, tell me you had Boy George's hair. Please tell me you had big red flaming hair. No. Um, Sarah said the greatest thing this morning. She sounded so young. She said, "Is Phil Collins a drummer?" <laughs> oh God, I suck. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Uh, it's time for some disproportionate rage. I hate that effing song. Why do you hate it, sir? Well, for the vast majority, I was going to say, of course we don't know it's Christmas. They're celebrating Ramadan. Okay. No, you think of Kwanzaa. Yes, they're celebrating. Do they well, know it's no, Kwanzaa it's, at it's, all? A, lo a large, large portion of Africa is Muslim. Yes. So, well, but of course so they, they need... don't really care or know if it's Christmas. They or not. need no, 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 sir. As always, they need the noble white man to come and you know. Show them the error of their ways. That's always the. That does seem to be the British outlook on all of those things. The, and they didn't know it was Thanksgiving. That's, either. A, that's that does seem to be the the United Kingdom view. Sort of the. Well, it's it's a fine country, or will be once we impose our monarchy on it. So, all right. Uh, any more disproportionate rants? Uh, yeah, as I said, yeah, I come on board with you on the Duran Duran and the U2. I mean, those are those are bands you're supposed to like, but you really don't. Yeah, I I, I mean. 
I'm not a big Duran Duran fan. I didn't find fan. a love for you 2 until I went to Ireland. I don't read Yancey, and I just... I mean, I think U2 is fine and all, but I just can't sit around and listen to it. I just uh, I just can't. Oh, Paul Young is the artist, and Midge Yorg... Really? Midge Yorg? What kind of name is Midge Yorg? Is from Ultravox. British. I don't even know. Oh, yeah, God, see, Paul Young has a podcast. All right, thank you, sir. Thank you. Right. And it's all about Harley Davidson. It's just sad. Um... And by the way, it, how emblematic is it of, of just the rich, white, indulgent 80s? The, the biggest problem facing, uh, you know, the continent of Africa is that they're not really sure what day it is. Like, that's the, that they might not have a calendar in front of them. That, of course, is the most pressing, not famine, not AIDS, not huge, staggering continental uh, deficits. No, it's, it's that they don't have a daily calendar in front of them, so they don't know when Boxing Day is. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Best show ever. Thank you. Hey, um, I know that uh, the line, there won't be snow in Africa, it, it actually means they were trying to spin off another concert called Kool-Aid. Oh, I see. With a C. Yeah. Not a K. I was going to say that's a, that's a Jonestown benefit. Uh, Come on, no rim shot. Oh, I'm sorry. Please, hold on. All right, there you go. Thank you. Bye. That's more of a morning show joke. Yeah, that was not really worthy. He asked for it, so I gave it to him because I'm feeling generous. It is the holiday season. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Good, good afternoon, guys. Hello. Uh, Hi. I've got the best uh, African aid YouTube for you. Put in Ricky Gervais and African aid and watch the video. It's probably about seven minutes long, and it is the best takeoff on all of this stuff. You'll And, and the ending is... Fantastic. Ricky Gervais is pretty great. Everything he does is gold. Is it clean for the air? For me? Well, we should watch it during a yeah. break anyway. Seven um, minutes is a long time to be playing a video on the air. Even for me, us. Trust me, it is worth it. Wow. Well, look it in. is. Now, Rick, come on now. <laughs> okay, we'll look We'll look into it, sir. All right. Thank you. Bye. All right, bye. All right. So there you go. So there was, yeah, so there was Live Aid, Band-Aid. No, 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 but Band-Aid came first. This is the last word on it. Uh, Band-Aid came first, because then Live Aid was like 86, wasn't it? Yes. That was the one where Phil Collins, speaking of Phil Collins, played on two continents. He played in London, then he played in Philadelphia the same day. His uh, spotlight hogging back. That was that July 13th, 1985. 85, okay, so still in a year after this. 80, and then uh, We Are the World was 85 as well. I'm pretty sure of that. I don't really care. But so, so Live Aid was the follow-up to Do You Know It's Christmas? Okay, so so that so the deal is, Do They Know It's Christmas was like a pilot episode, and then they spun it off into the massive megalopolis that was right. Live Aid. Right, the fee was supplied by the BBC. All right, so there you go. And simulcast on BBC Radio well, you know, 1. Can I do, the BBC, though, they love all-star holiday benefit songs. The, the I mean, the, you know, like that, uh, that uh, the Candle in the Wind, Elton John, Diana thing? The BBC cranks out one of those about every three months, and they will get whoever the top 20 artists are in the charts, stick them in a studio, and they'll have them sing something from 20 years ago, and then they release it for children. That's, they do that constantly. Uh, the, the BBC had this big seller, I think it was last year, where they had... You know, just, like, just get everybody from Top of the Pops to sing uh, Perfect Day, which is a Lou Reed song. Uh, and then, of course, it was for, like, you know, something that nobody can complain about. You know, it's like kittens that have been injured by landmines or something. And it, Won't you buy this song about heroin for the kittens? 150 million pounds are raised. By what? Uh, with all these concerts put together. All right. 
Well, it's good to see that Just it's... about 300 million. Good to see it's eradicated poverty. All right. You know who we can blame for all of this, by the way? God bless his memory. We can blame John Lennon for every one of these songs. Because these are all the descendants of that song that Joni DeRoshi goes out of her way to not hear every Christmas. Yeah. No, it's a Maybe cha- we should not play that for Joni later. It's a challenge for her every year to go like a full holiday season without hearing that. So this is Christmas, which is a great song. I love that song. It's a great song. I can't, I can't find fault with it. I know that a lot of people smirk. They find it sappy or stupid or silly. I really do honestly love that song. Even though it's got the dumb children's chorus at the end, I can't hate it. Like another song that I ought to hate but don't is Give Peace a Chance. I really ought to hate that song, but I just can't. I, it, I find it, I think it is actually a physical impossibility for me to hate things that John Lennon did. I, I just, except for uh, whatever gets you through the night. That's crap. Uh, all right. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Uh, gosh, tying into all these things. Last night on YouTube, I watched this. Um, it was called Hell's Bell. And it's like, it's an 18-part Christian program on, it was based in 1989, and it was based on all things rock and roll that will send you to hell. Fantastic. On, on part 7 of 18, it actually says, if you listen to heavy metal music, your soul will be forever damned to hell. Please Verbatim. tell me you taped this. Please tell I me you recorded it. Oh, it's on YouTube. It's called Hell's Bells. It's an 18-part series. I actually sampled parts of it to take out of context for some music that I'm doing. Right. You, I thought it was so asinine. Let Rick Emerson wet his beak. That's all I'm, I'm asking. Sorry? you got to hook me up with a little bit of that. Uh, sure, absolutely. I just wanted to say that it ties in a whole segment to uh, John Lennon uh, as to what you were saying. And just, uh, I mean, yeah, everybody, and everybody you can imagine through the 80s, all has, they all tie into this Elvis, the fat Elvis, it's beautiful. Excellent. Thank you, sir. All right. All right, there you go. Uh, a couple of things that we got to, we'll tease, we'll do introductions, talk about the news coming up, all that. Um, what was my point going to be? No, I forgot the doubt. But this guy says, I was thinking about this too. He says in that, do they know it's Christmas? He says, Rick, does Bono really sing tonight, thank God it's them instead of you? WTF? That sounds like a, he says that sounds like a crappy thing to say. Am I missing something? That line has always bugged me too. No, I, yeah, he's trying to be sarcastic. Yeah, I, well, and he's trying to tie into the religious thing, because Bono never met a cross. He, he is the Mike Huckabee of the rock world. He never met a cross and a flag he didn't want to carry and wrap himself in. <laughs> um, but uh, this uh, email says, I, that song is terrible, and we find it strangely offensive. Why in the name of the flying spaghetti monster would people from Africa give a rat's ass about Christmas? Uh, and then he says, um, and then he's talking about, especially when the Europeans, this is from Aaron, when the Europeans... Uh, are the ones who, you know, blah, 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 blah. The, the Europeans it brought all that was vile and wrong. Um, anyway, so he's noting that any number of countries in the world just have people saying, please, Europeans, I just want my family back. Uh, all right, Tim Riley is working on the following stories for your edification today. Dennis Kucinich's brother has been found dead in a Cleveland apartment. What, really? Could it be Hillary Clinton behind this? Scotty J? That Vancouver man who <laughs> brought his dead grandmother's body to a hospital is now accused of her murder. Murder. Six feet of snow is predicted for the Cascades for Christmas. Okay, this is changing by the moment, and I have a lot of pencil scratches here. Britney Spears, 16-year-old uh, sister, has been impregnated by her longtime boyfriend at 16 years old. Now, TMZ report she's more than 12 weeks along as claimed in the OK Magazine article. Now, Brittany has been asked not to return ever, ever, ever again to the Beverly Hills Four Seasons. This after smearing food on her face and giving them plenty of bad PR. And the release of Brittany's mom's book on parenting has now been put on hold indefinitely. <laughs> Excellent. That's wonderful. 
I love us. All right. You bet. Uh, here's what's coming up today. Lisa Desjardins, Ed McCarthy, Steve Kastenbaum, uh, Mr. Skin will join us. Brittany Watch, Taser Watch. Don't forget, uh, coming up Friday is our big holiday spectacular. Uh, we will have uh, the kids from Nickel Arcade. i got to quit calling them the kids. The men of Nickel Arcade. It's impossible to call Nickel Arcade and let's say that in men in the same sentence. It's just such a cute name. So the Nickel Arcade guys will be in the studio on Friday. <clears throat> Friday, Dave Lee, former uh, Nordstrom pianist, will be here as well. Also, uh, the lovely Storm Large joining us in the studio on Friday uh, to favor us with some renditions of your holiday favorites. Uh, plus, an exciting radio play uh, produced and performed live here in the studio. It will either be Glorious Victory or Desperate Shame. So be listening to find out which. Um, Let's see. What else? Well, that's kind of it. Uh, well, let me let me do a couple of these, and we do final, and then we'll break, and we'll come back with Steve Castabom and so forth. Hello, Sarah. Did I not introduce you already? No. I'm sorry. Did I, did I feel bad. I'm sorry. It's been so crazy. What with all the live aid talk and so forth. What with all the saving of Africa? Are you feeling better? You were feeling bad yesterday. Um, I'm not gonna let it get me down. You look fine. You don't look sick. Oh, that's because I just painted myself up like a hussy. This is Sarah. This is the best phrase. As we get ready, got ready to go on the air today. Sarah's putting on makeup, and she says, "It's like smearing makeup on a corpse." I just I haven't worn makeup in a couple days, and I feel a little congested. But I feel better. I stayed. Yeah, just watched hours of Arrested Development last night and drank a lot of tea and um, water. And you stuff. look fine. I would never know that you were sick. Yeah, I feel good. It's like I feel like it's um, it's moving up because it used to be like my throat and stuff, and now it's just kind of. You in know, my Sarah head. Wagner has strep throat. I know. I and she came in. I'm like, you do not set foot in this doorway. And she was licking Tim's microphone all morning. <laughs> As long as she's not licking doorknobs. No, we leave that to Dan Savage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was listening to John Tesh this morning, and he said that germs can last on doorknobs for three days. See, I don't understand. He doesn't know that. Some 18 year old's writing that, and he just. Exactly. Not that he's knowledgeable on the subject. Like John somebody just ripped, somebody wrote it and sent it in front of him. Where? I don't even know that John Tesh... I didn't even know he had a radio show. He's on the Christmas music station yeah. to listen to. He's on some night show. They just have him babbling. Is he just on all the time, everywhere? He's, he, yeah. It was like the John Tesh Minute. The John Tesh Minute. No, he has a show on every night. Somewhere. He's very inspiring. Okay. Anywho, flinging his golden locks in the wind while he hangs on the piano <laughs> in Colorado somewhere in the desert. <laughs> totally. Hey, you know what I saw an ad for the other day? Speaking of that, uh, the new Mannheim Steamroller record. Oh. Uh, and they started with that. I can't do it. I can't make a Mannheim Steam. There is that quintessential Mannheim Steamroller sound where it's like sort of a flatulent organ. Ew. I mean, an organ like a piano. Uh, that's or you know, uh, but and it was you know a, a brand new exciting Mannheim Steamroller Christmas. Now I don't mean to offend anybody in the room, but does anybody here own? Like, did anybody here purchase a Mannheim Steamroller CD and listen to it? No. Sarah, I don't even know what Mannheim Steamroller is. What it goes back a while? Are you kidding me? I don't. My brain isn't really working today. So do you know that Elder Barge is playing here on New Year's Eve? There's too much happening! Okay, don't we have a CNN correspondent in like one minute? Oh, yeah. Um, hello, sir, you're on hold. You're going to have to stay on hold. I apologize to the people we didn't get to. You're on hold. Hang tight. We'll get you around this. Elder Barge? Yeah, I don't know if it's a, if it's a franchise or the original of Elder Barge. <laughs> Jack Russell's Elder Barge. Yeah. Um, and, you, and Sarah's never heard Mannheim Steamroller. Steamroller? I don't oh, think... Do you think oh, I for have? For the love of God. You must have, but you, you have to it. have. You're, if you're walking around any mall or shopping center during the holidays, you've heard this. Mannheim Steamroller? Yeah. That's the weirdest name. Mm-hmm. Your family's pretty white. How could you not know Mannheim Steamroller? Oh. All right, okay. My parents have, for the past 10 years, since Christmas in the Northwest came out, that's all my mom has in the I damn I love that car. song. I'd play that over and over again. Yeah, it's just we listen to that nonstop. We'll break and we'll come back with Steve Kastenbaum. But, Tim, would you not agree that Mannheim Steamroller is the whitest, most soulless Christmas music ever created. Yes. All right. 
That's a bold statement considering some of the stuff out there. Uh, we'll, we'll play it uh, later in this hour. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Back with Steve Castamon and Lisa Desjardins. <laughs> Radio program. It's 503-733-2970. Coming up here in just a short while. Lisa Desjardins, Tim Riley, the Ministry of Truth. Ladies and gentlemen, from New York City, please give your attention. CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. How are you today? Doing good. How's uh, how's life? How are things in the big city? Oh, just dandy. <laughs> are you having a bad day? Oh, no, I just worked a really long day yesterday, and now today I was up bright and early talking about the delays at, at the airports. And, you know, it's just not a fun topic to talk to, uh, talk about with folks who are who know that they're about to sit on the tarmac. Because you know? you're talking to them and you can already sense that air rage beginning. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I uh, I actually just, I wasn't even flying anyplace really busy. It was from the Portland airport to the Salt Lake airport and then back from Salt Lake to Portland. And even that was just excruciating and terrible. Really? Yeah, I mean, it's just, and just, and I'm, I, I have to be very careful because I, I can really start to bitch about airlines long and loud and hard. So I will just say that I, I, it's actually so stressful all year round, not just, uh, you know, at the holiday season. It actually has now accomplished the seemingly impossible task of taking away my joy of traveling. I used to love to travel, and I just don't anymore. I just dread it, and it's because of airports and and you know, security delays and air traffic delays and sitting on the tarmac for 40 minutes, and I can't even imagine what it's like this week. Oh, you know, I, and what's really frustrating about it is now all the airlines finally admit that they, you know, account in their schedule for the reality that they're going to spend about 40 to 45 minutes on the ground uh, before you even take off on every flight. They just include that in in their scheduling process. Well, you know, and the when you're sitting there, you really do understand that Einstein's theory of relativity is true because he had that whole thing about how time seems to either stretch or compress depending upon the circumstance and environment. And I got to tell you this. 40 minutes of getting a hot stone massage is one thing. 40 minutes of sitting on the tarmac when you can see the terminal 50 feet away is quite different. It takes That 40 minutes takes about three hours to pass. It really does. And, and it's really frustrating. I mean, and, and the other day I was interviewing an airline industry consultant, like one of these guys who, who works with all the major airlines. Uh -huh. and, and the way they spin this now is they say, you're not paying to get away from the terminal and up into the air fast. You're paying to arrive somewhere. And if we get you there on time, then you've, uh, according to the schedule that we set, then we've achieved our goal. It doesn't matter that that schedule accounts for spending 45 minutes Jesus. on the ground. To which I said to him, actually, I'm not paying to sit on the ground, though. I, well, and is it, there was some airline, I forget who it was, but there was some airline a while back. They rolled out their slogan some years back. And the, the slogan was, you know, so-and-so, we get you there. And that does sort of seem to be 
that's sort of it these days, right? Like, not well, not not efficiently, not pleasurably. We get you there. It's sort of like, a, this is what you'll get and you'll like it. It's basically the airlines admitting defeat, saying they're, they're not willing to come to some sort of agreement on this amongst themselves with the help of the FAA because they can't do it alone. It's a violation of the antitrust laws. But they're basically saying, you know what? This is just the way it's going to be because none of us wants to give up any slots during those peak times. So we're just going to have to live with the fact that uh, you're going to be delayed. I have to tell you, I really, and I'm not advocating this, but I really am surprised that there isn't more, uh, well, let's just say more disturbances, more disruption on airplanes. I'm, I, I, like, you read that story the other day, and I think Sarah's sister might have been caught up in this, where there's some, you know, sitting on the tarmac for five hours or whatever it is, just some ungodly amount of time, and taking into account the delays and so forth. I am surprised that there haven't been more instances where the passengers just en masse sort of just stood up and said, look, you know, we're, we're getting off the plane. We're, we're getting off the plane and we're doing it now. And yeah. you got to do it. You know, you can't, you can't jail us all. Exactly. Well, well today, uh, Transportation Secretary Mary Peters announced her big plan to uh, ease delays here in the Northeast, which, of course, uh, it, it, the delays here are responsible for many of the delays around the country. Uh, in the short term, for the holidays, for Christmas, for New Year's, they're going to open up the military airspace once again to commercial jets so as to uh, avoid congestion in the sky. Of course, you know, you got to look over your shoulder for any, you know, a, a right. target practice or anything like that. Uh. But, but um, uh, what they're going to do on the ground here in New York, uh, they're finally admitting that they have to do something. So they're going to try capping flights at Kennedy Airport to uh, 82 or 83 per hour and they're going to try and reach a similar agreement with the airlines at Newark Airport. And then they hope that that means the airlines will just magically start shifting some of their flights to the less traveled times of the day so that they'll spread out their schedules more. And, uh, and then they believe this will ease delays. Uh, but, but, you know, I talk to the air traffic controllers and I talk to the pilots and, over and over again, they say that's nice. You know, it's a really big sky. There really isn't a, a lot of a, pro, a, a, lot, a lot of problems involved once you're up in the air with congestion. The reality is there just isn't any room on the ground. You know, I've had it uh, said to me time and time again. Go out to LaGuardia Airport. Go watch what happens there. They have two runways. The two runways crisscross. They're not parallel, and and they operate one flight taking off or landing every two minutes, and they have nowhere to put them on the tarmac as they're lined up waiting to take off on these crossed runways. They say there's just no more room on the ground. Well, the only upside for somebody like me is that eventually I'll be able to sit there and, you know, with my steaming cup of hot chocolate in my hand, covered under my afghan at home, and just watch some sort of rioting and violence on CNN. That's <laughs> it. I mean, really, eventually it'll all just end in looting and fires, and then, you know, it'll provide a little entertainment for me. It sounds like uh, what happens in Boston after the Red Sox win it, the World Series. Exactly. Uh, real real quickly, because we're kind of under the gun here, but I want to ask you about this. This is really cool, and this is sort of the thing that, like, myself and, like, nine other dorks will care about, but... I didn't even know that one of these things was still floating around, but an original copy of the Magna Carta, or that there's actually several Magna Cartas that went through different iterations, but a copy of the Magna Carta was just like sold at an auction house the other day. Yeah, and what's really funny is, you know who the owner was? The no. original owner no. before before it was sold uh, yesterday? No. Ross Perot. What? Really? Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, if you owned a copy of the Magna Carta, why would you sell it? Well, he got it for the bargain basement price 
uh, something like one and a half or one point eight million dollars yeah. years ago from this family that had it uh, handed down from generation to generation uh, in England, and it was on loan for for what seemed like an eternity at the National Archives in D.C. But he has this nonprofit foundation, and he said the the nonprofit needed the money to continue uh. with their activities. One of, one of them, the activities, is helping veterans and their families once the guys return from Iraq and Afghanistan. So he decided to put it up for auction. And talk about a return on investment. It sold for over $21 million. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, really, that is one of those things that if I had a billion dollars, if I was some Paul McCartney guy, that's the kind of thing I would totally spend my money on as a copy of the Magna Carta. Really? And then, yeah, yeah, and then just stick it in my living room. You know, put it in the dining room behind some glass right above the table. Really? You know, I, I, I was asking people on the street about that, and the guy, and one guy said to me, you, why would you spend that much money for it when you could just go online and get a copy? It's not that, no, see, I'm a big, I'm a big dork for history, and I do have, I, I do have this unabashed, very vibrant strain of, uh, of, of patriotism through me. And of course, the Magna Carta is the historical underpinning for the Bill of Rights. It is. Uh, it, the Magna Carta. Magna Carta was actually the Magna Carta. Unless I'm misunderstanding history or missed something, that is the first time. In which that is the first time that anybody thought to write down and to demarcate and to note on paper the rights between commoners and the monarchy who governed them, right. uh, and in this case between landowners and land barons and and uh, the, you know the, the British royals. Yeah, and the real funny thing is when, when they say commoners back then, they were really talking about the landowners, the barons, yeah. the land barons, and they really didn't think about you know the peasants. But it wound up being extrapolated to that over time. Basically, it says that you know the king, no one is above the law, including the king is basically what they were saying. And, and you also have a right to a speedy trial, trial by jury, and you can't be imprisoned unlawfully. Yeah, so I would, I would totally buy that. Yeah? So if you see another one floating around, you, you, know, you let me know. I will. I'll Did you look at it online? It's kind of hard to read. I'll start saving. I actually, when I was in London uh, in September, that's one of the things that I took time out of my schedule to see. I wanted to see Beatles lyrics that were handwritten, and I wanted they have a at the, uh, the London Library, they have uh, a copy of the Magna Carta that's under glass that you can look at. So wow, I, uh, cool. I went to go see this. So, All right, my friend, always a pleasure. Are you on tomorrow? Uh, yes, I will be. All right, then we will talk to you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Try not to be slugged by angry passengers. <laughs> oh, man, I, I'll try. Thank you, Steve. There you go. Okay. Steve Kastenbaum, ladies and gentlemen, in New York City. All right, while we're waiting for Lisa, I have here now, Sarah, uh, the whitest, blandest Christmas music you will ever hear. Okay. I mean, it's like the worst of New Age music boiled down and synthesized into just this completely unpalatable holiday concoction. This Mannheim Steamroller really rose to prominence when Rush Limbaugh started using them for his holiday bumper music. Ew, I think I have heard <laughs> it. Here's a little fun fact. The guy who is Mannheim Steamroller, Chip Davis, is Mannheim Steamroller, is the same guy that did Convoy. Jesus. So, yeah, about 1992 or 93, uh, Rush Limbaugh's radio program, he sort of, my friends, Mannheim Steamroller. And that's when, of course, you know, white people the whole country over decided, well, it's good enough for Rush. I'm going to buy me some. Oh, that's just bad. And it's just, it's, it's this attempt to sort of reinvigorate. You know what this is? You know why I hate this? 
And I mean, God bless Chip Davis. He, like the Trans-Siberian Orchestra after him, found a niche and is relentlessly mining it for cash. So God bless him. It is America. I don't begrudge him that. Okay, that's enough. No, we have to. I have to finish this, and then we'll talk to Lisa. Uh, here's why this is terrible. I think I speak for all of us fallen Catholics that we are. That part of the great thing about Christmas carols, whether they are secular or or hymnal in nature, is the sort of dignity that they have. This is sort of the attempt to make Jesus hip again. This is like that. This is the musical version of making Jesus Christ the original party animal. It's taking a song that should be sort of solemn or sort of, you know, hymnal in its production, and it's turning it into this. You know what this sounds like? This sounds like the musical accompaniment to one of those, uh, to one of those promotional films that a city will send out to businesses trying to get you to put like an Applebee's in their town. This is one of those whole Magna Utah, home of tomorrow, city of the future, with schools and a bustling economy. Magna. Shouldn't your business be here? That's exactly what this sounds like. Thank you. There you go. That's a little... Yeah, so it's just as terrible as you I, You know, it's awful. And I can't believe that your parents don't own it. Don't get me wrong. But it is, it is the sort of thing that parents of a certain demographic and age, you know, really love to buy. And you said that your mom... I mean, your parents seem like very nice people, but we were talking during the break that your mom has fallen victim occasionally to uh, purchasing terrible music. Oh, yeah. No, I told you that, that when Princess Diana died, she bought me that copy of Candle in the Wind. Exactly. Now, she, now she's a sucker for all that, especially since my dad was in the Persian Gulf War and gone for like two years. Like, everything that came out, you know. Every time Lee Greenwood sneezed, she had to buy oh, it. Oh, yeah. She would, like, pin us with, like, American flag pins every day before we'd go to school. Yeah. All right. Did you, Tim, did you ever have to play that horrible version of Sticks, uh, Show Me the Way? But it was like interjected with, I just want to say hello to our fighting men and women overseas. And then Tommy Shaw or whoever would just come in and belt out the chorus. No. But I'll I tell you one thing I did. I, I, I was so unhappy about having to work a six-hour shift uh, segueing Christmas songs that all I did was play every version of Jingle Bells for two hours. <laughs> over and over and over. Fantastic. And not one person called. I was so surprised. Let's welcome now to the Rick Everson Show, our good friend Lisa Desjardins. Hello. Well, hello. Hi. How are you? Sorry, I didn't even for you to get caught up in this whole discussion of Mannheim Steamroller and Jingle Bells. Oh, no, I'm with you. You know, when I saw those guys, they were, I don't know, they were on some TV somewhere performing for some daytime show. You know, and they and they really, they just, they, they look kind of more like, uh, you know, your, your, your local chamber orchestra guys. I was going to say that, or maybe a guy who works at like a co-op bookstore somewhere. <laughs> yeah. You know, a guy that maybe is, uh, or a guy who maybe is like working at the Dennis Kucinich campaign headquarters. <laughs> that's that's exactly what Chip Davis looks like. So, it, I mean, you ah. know, uh, just Mannheim Steamroller is just it is the absolute embodiment of just it, 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 just soulless plasticky Christmas <laughs> music. I may have asked you this already, so forgive me if I have. Uh, what uh, Lisa Desjardins is your favorite uh, secular Christmas song, and then what is your favorite uh, hymnal Christmas song if you have one? I can't believe I actually do have, have one of each. I, I really like Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas ah, yeah. as a favorite secular, and I, I really like Oh Holy Night is okay. my favorite. Oh Holy Night is fantastic. That is a Isn't great that song. fantastic? Yeah. I feel it, like it's really hard to get that one wrong, though, people have. No, it's, uh, oh, wait, have you heard, oh, God, have you heard that version of Oh Holy Night that we sometimes play on the show? No, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, I don't think we have time to do it today, though. Uh, uh. Well... We'll figure it out. We may have we time. We can play it tomorrow. I, correct, yes. I, I have, 
And, and and don't go looking around for it. If we don't get a chance to play it today, okay. resist the urge to go looking for this version of Oh Holy Night that we have. Because it, 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 if it's your favorite Christmas song, we really, uh, to resurrect a tag cliche, are going to play it for you like you've never heard it. Oh, fantastic. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, talk about a couple of things. Well, first of all, this insanity of this stupid Huckabee ad continues to go. Let me just okay, ask right. you this. I know we talked about this yesterday. And you did, yes. I believe the cross is intentional. You believe it might not be. But th- That's leave, right. Leaving all this aside. Yeah. Just we're talking about this uh, this ad that Mike Huckabee ran, where he was it was a Christmas uh, spot running in Iowa, where he says, you know, people are sick of politics. What we really need to do, and there's this uh, d- debate about whether this kind of subliminal cross in the background was there intentionally or not. My question is, he spends the entire spot talking about Jesus, and so what does he care if there's a cross in the background it's or not? Totally a cross. Yeah. <laughs> See, now here's the thing. Like, I, I guess it's one of those. There's a lot of ways to look at it, but, you know, there's only so far you want to bring religion, I guess. I, I think that the idea that he was trying to have a secret underground religious message, that's a problem for a presidential candidate. He's talking about Jesus but that's, but that's, in the ad. But that's also right, right, the right. basis of, like, any advertising campaign. It's also blown. Like, they want to put things in the background I, to make right, you. But I guess, you know, the overt message, that is sort of the irony here, is that he, in the ad he does say, let's not forget the real meaning of this season. It's Jesus Christ. You know, I mean, he has a, he's, I don't know if he spends the whole ad talking about Jesus. He's like, and another great thing about Jesus. I, he's kind of, he says Jesus, you know. No, but I mean, but, but he says, you know, in this time of politics, we sometimes lose sight of the real reason, the birth of our Savior, Jesus. Yeah. Do we have the audio, Sarah? Here's, here's the audio. This is yep, uh, the yeah. Mike Huckabee ad. Let's go and play that. Are you about worn out of all the television commercials you've been seeing? I'm Mostly just playing folks. Politics. I don't blame you. At this time of year, sometimes it's nice to pull aside from all of that and just remember that what really matters is the celebration of the birth of Christ and being with our family and our friends. I hope that you and your family will have a magnificent Christmas season. And on behalf of all of us, God bless and Merry Christmas. Okay, so let's go, Mike. You've got the God bless and the birth of Christ. And the whole clear... I am religious. I want your Christian votes. I'm sending you flowers. Yeah, the right. whole point of the ad is for him to be able to say Jesus. I mean, really, he honestly. Says Christ, but yeah, same difference. I so, mean, so Christ. he is able to invoke the name of God in general and Jesus Christ specifically, and yet he's. But there's no cross in the background. If I was a Christian voter, I'd be really seriously irritated at him for trying to sort of thread this needle and, and a passively denying his faith. But that is because you're assuming that it was supposed to be a cross. Now, let's take perhaps, I know it seems ridiculous to you, but I do think, and Huckabee said yesterday, it's just a bookcase. That's just the way it ended out. I had no idea that was back there. I, you know, I had no idea this would, anyone would ever see it that way. I certainly never did. Uh, but let's say that, that he's telling the truth and that it really was just a bookcase. I mean, should he come out and say, oh, yeah, you're right, it's a secret Christian message? No, he should say, well, the, the people are reading way too much in these ads. Everyone needs to calm down. And that's what he said, if if he's telling the truth. Now, if not, I could see where, you know, someone would be ticked off. But, you know, I I do think maybe uh, we read a little too much. You know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of that time that Bill Clinton went on television wearing a tie Monica Lewinsky had given him. Well, you know, meanwhile, was saying, yeah. I never had sex with Monica Lewinsky. And he's wearing a tie that she gave him, I think, just days right. before they both gave grand jury testimony. 
yes. And that is, again, that's just patently absurd. Okay, I, I don't mean to yeah, sound I mean, overly exercised about it, but it's like, just... Right. It's not like Mike Huckabee's name has appeared in a report on athletes using secret Christian symbols. Like, <laughs> you really, you know, I, I really think this is all, it's a subjective call. Everyone go on YouTube and you can decide for yourself. But I think it is certainly possible that it's a quiz. I mean, most of the world is constructed based on the square, you know, so and, and things that form crosses. So I, I think it's possible, certainly, that this was not intentional. Maybe it was, but I, I, I just I can't decide. Unlike you, I, I don't think it was necessarily intentional. Do you suppose? Let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you suppose that he maybe didn't know because he was just sitting there and being groomed and you know having his hair done and whatever and sat where they told mm-hmm. him to sit, but that the people filming the ad saw it and then said, "Hey, great, it'll work either way." You know, that's possible, too. But then you get into the, do you think President Bush knew that all of the weapons of mass destruction stuff wasn't true? Yeah. You know, it, it, maybe. You know, that's kind of the way politics operates, that the, the person out in front really doesn't know every to- what's going on in, in all these strategy sessions. So maybe. I don't know. But if if so, it's really a weird, it's, a, it's an odd decision. All right. Uh, real <laughs> For quickly. For a very low-budget campaign. On the, uh, just sort of on the, on the same sort of, uh, on the same sort of general topic, is it, is it, and this is a topic for more discussion another day, but does it seem to you, am I wrong in seeing that the Hillary campaign has started to, as they say in the sales world, manage expectations, uh, <laughs> that they are uh, starting to under, under-promise uh, her her skill in the upcoming primaries because they they yes. they don't want her to lose and look weak. Yes, that's absolutely. Well, they've been playing an expectation game this entire time, and even when she was 20 points ahead, they were saying, you know, well, we know these polls don't really indicate, and it's a lot closer than you think, mm-hmm. and because they knew that she was going to peak at some point, and that that would probably happen before the election, and her numbers were going to dip. Now they've dropped farther than they're comfortable with clearly they they are legitimately nervous about these numbers but they are they are getting ready for her to have some problems and that and that will help her that will you know people expect her to, to beat Barack Obama by 10 points and she loses by 2 she's done but if they expect her you know to to lose by two, and she loses by one, then she's great, if you could follow all that math. Anyway, you're right. It's an expectation game, and, and this is she's hoping to survive uh, perhaps some scratches and tears in Iowa by doing that. Oh, uh, it's going to be a good time. And yeah. the, the, the final observation, I just got back from a few days in Orem, Utah, and uh, hey. which is uh, near BYU in a very conservative county, obviously, and so forth. And I Mannheim Steamroller. Oh, man, they, they've never met. Well, it's not just Mannheim Steamroller there. I mean, obviously, it's the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, too. Uh, everywhere you go, there's the Mormon Tabernacle Choir singing. But I have to tell you, it was a little bit of a head trip for a while to be uh, to be in a place where everywhere you looked, there was Mitt Romney stuff. Oh, Ev- wow, wow. Ev- everywhere you went, people were talking about Mitt Romney. Because yeah. Orem is an exceptionally conservative city, even by Utah standards. See, and I'm even taking it one step farther. I'm kind of imagining the, like, Kim Jong-il, like, like huge building-size <laughs> posters of Mitt Romney's head looking out. Mitt Romney will make the weather glorious today, as he does all days. <laughs> exactly. Thank you to our fearless leader, Mitt uh, Romney. Uh, are you on tomorrow? I, I am not on tomorrow. Okay, well... Sarah, but we Sarah, will be in touch. I was just going to say, because Sarah, when should we t- do this all holy night business? 
Well, we have a couple minutes now. I mean, if Lisa wants to sit on hold. Yeah, Lisa, I mean, I'm good. Do, yeah. do, you have a couple, do you have a couple minutes? Yeah. All right. And we'll Absolutely. Do, we'll, we'll do this because... Yeah, this is not to be missed. As a fan <laughs> of Oh Holy Night, you really have to hear this. So here's the thing. I'm going to put you on hold okay. uh, for this Oh Holy Night, and then you'll hear us uh, go into break and so forth. So uh, hang, I'm going to put you on hold, okay? Excellent. This, by the way, I should say the province of this song is unknown to us. It is not Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. We know that much. Okay. But it's, uh, it's, it is, as they say, uh, just some guy. So this was sent to us a few years ago, and it's become a holiday favorite. So, uh, all right, I'm put you on hold. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen, the Rick Emerson Show. And we'll be back after this with uh, Tim Riley in the Ministry of Truth with the new News Hour. This, uh, for Lisa Desjardins, is Oh Holy Nights on the Rick Emerson Show. Oh, holy night. Stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error till he appeared and the soul felt. It's worth a thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. Second favorite music bed here. The 
first is that uh, uh, that RJD2 song. This is my second favorite. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Ladies and gentlemen, make way for Tim Riley. Time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM nine seventy Solid State Radio. And now from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. A storm warning remains in effect for this afternoon over the Northern Oregon and Southern Washington Cascades. There are people standing outside right now, getting cigarette ashes blown into their eyes, and they continue to smoke. Engineers, we're looking at your direction. I suppose if you got to smoke, you got to smoke, even in wind like this. But near blizzard-like conditions are expected in the Cascades. There could be up to, well, let me see here, 72 inches of new snow, just in time for Christmas. The path of the storm less certain than the last one, but current models indicate windy conditions are likely around the coast and the near coastal range where we are. So it's a good time to go out and have a cigarette right now, all you smokers. Meanwhile, uh, remember we told you that story about that guy who brought in the body of his dead grandmother to the hospital? Right. Well, the man accused of doing so allegedly told police he got angry and grabbed a rock after she ripped him a new one for being out with his friends. Daniel Martyr is now facing first-degree murder charges in the death of his grandmother, who suffered a fractured skull in the attack. He's being held on $1 million bail. So he thought he would beat her a new one. Yeah, apparently. It's never a good idea to share a condo with your grandma. If, if you're 20 years old anyway. But One of you is going to end up dead. She started yelling at him and called him a derogatory name. Not that he probably didn't deserve it, because he probably did. He said, quote, I lost it. He recalled he went outside, saw a rock by the front door, and thought about hitting his grandmother with it. The next thing he remembers, he was standing over her. She was lying on the floor bleeding. So he did what any good grandson would do. He wrapped her body in plastic. And then he cleaned up the blood, but couldn't get out of the carpet. So what to do? He cut out the blood-stained piece of the carpet. Uh, then he drove the body wrapped in plastic to Legacy Salmon Creek, and the staff there determined she was already dead, and her injuries were suspicious. Let me, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, but she's already dead, and life is for the living. So, and Grandma he's... didn't get run over by a reindeer this time. <laughs> too soon. Perhaps so. <laughs> too soon. I take that back. <laughs> it is Can funny, though. Can those be back down my... <laughs> <laughs> no. And he told the hospital that grandma... <laughs> I love the idea, though, that uh, uh, yes. even presuming mm-hmm. that this fiction he was spinning was true, that, well, it seems like she's in a bad way, better get to the hospital. But first, let's wrap her in airtight plastic. Like, that's going to, pre- you know, like, that's the thing that'll keep her alive if she is ailing. You just make sure you seal off all of her oxygen before you take her to the hospital. And, and... That he had the presence of mind to get rid of the bloodstained carpet, although he probably just put it out with the trash. He sounds like that type. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, then he went to the cupboard. Well, I... Uh, and, th- and then he didn't, even, he didn't even have the stones to stick to his shoddy story. It but leans on him. Lot, and there's a lot more to this. Really? Yes, there is. I can't wait to hear it. Well, finish your your. Uh, oh, I, turn, thought, I thought it was done with him turning thing. himself into the cop. No, no, oh, no. I'm pulling up a chair. Yeah. Excellent. So this fellow... Uh, this 20-year-old young man named Daniel Martyr was already out of jail on supervised relief after being accused of stealing three deposit bags containing nearly $1,000 from a jack-in-the-box. Okay. Now, family members attended the hearing but declined to comment. The uh, probable cause statement said uh, Martyr had been living with Grandma off and on for five years and had been underemployed or unemployed for the past four months. But apparently, uh, maybe he worked at the jack-in-the-box. We don't know that. So maybe he was turning his life around. Uh-huh. 
Uh, Martyr told police he had a drug problem, and he suffers from bipolar disease. It was not on medication at the time of Grandma's death. Oh, please. That's like the, uh, the, the bipolar disease. That's like the, the, that obvious... That's a new go-to disease. Totally. That, ob- that is the new uh, split personality. Mm-hmm. Because n- nobody buys the insanity defense anymore. Nobody buys the split personalities. Now it's uh, I have bipolar disease. That You can tell it's a lie, too, because of that whole, well, I don't know. The next thing I knew, I looked down, and she'd been bludgeoned to death. Apparently by me, but it's all a blur. It's never a blur. These right. things are never a blur. It's never a mystery. There's never a blackout. Uh, it's just a guy who can't come up with a better excuse. And there we are, playing judge and jury. Exactly. That's the role of guilty, the media. Guilty, guilty, guilty. <laughs> guilty, guilty, guilty. String him up. Oh, hey, speaking of cigarettes, are you... Oh, wait, is there, are we finished with the story? Yes. I, no. this, somebody sent this, uh, Tim, and I think you will enjoy this. Now, I have not pre-listened to these. Uh, somebody sent us these because we were doing a live radio play this coming Friday at 2 p.m. We had a rehearsal today, as a matter of fact. It went very well. It did. It went swimmingly. We laughed at ourselves. Was, we're hilarious. Now, no, the line was changed. No one was a diva. No. No. <laughs> I demand more lines. I don't have enough lines. This part is very small. Uh, that means whole thing makes me want to go see Bullets Over Broadway again or just rent that it's fantastic. The, uh, um, don't speak. Uh, so, because we are doing a live radio play, which did beg the question, I know that's grammatically incorrect, but I forget exactly how you say it correctly, but it, did, it sort of required the question of how they did this sort of back in the day, and you said back then it was all one microphone in a big room. Well, even if you weren't in front of an audience, chances are you were on a stage in an auditorium, and you were performing for a live audience, in most cases. Oh, that's true. And so they didn't have separate mics. So it was one, usually like one, one big floor big mic. mic. One of those big old RCA mics yeah. that I'd love to have. Oh, I can't, oh if I no, ever see one, no price is too high. Oh, did I ever tell you the story about the RCA mic? No, I don't um, hear about it, though. So when I was, I worked at this radio station in Washington, and they were, they had a basement. It was that fabled bomb shelter where I did my uh, talk show a long time ago. And they were remodeling the basement, and there was an old um, bookcase, nothing in it, an empty bookcase shoved against the wall. So they're like, well, we're going to be cleaning up this basement, so go through and make sure there's nothing there you need because we're going to throw everything away. So I was helping a guy move this old bookcase out of the basement. We pulled the bookcase out, and behind it is another bookcase that had been covered up, two shelves of old 1950s-style microphones. Ooh. And I and I saw them, and I'm like, I immediately was sort of like, oh, my... I'm suffering a spasm. Let's put these. Let's put this bookcase down and come back later. So I totally was like, let's not do this now. Put the bookcase down. Went home, uh, and I forget, I forget exactly why it was that I left. But I think my thing was I wanted to go home and get like a bag to put them all in. So I'm like, let's not do this now. So we put the bookcase back. I went home and I think it was to get like my duffel bag or whatever. I come back. Somebody had seen it in that time, had found it, and had already taken them all. Darn, gone uh, in like the 14 yeah, minutes. You just don't leave those. Yeah, it's like an Amsterdam hiding place. I didn't you think find any- a makeshift bag to put them in. I didn't think. See, I didn't think anybody else had seen them. But apparently, either the guy had, or somebody else had come down and go, "What's this bookcase that's recently been moved?" You know, and it was all of these old microphones gone, gone. So I'm just bitter about that to this day. So uh, so we're going to be doing this live radio play. And so our friend Siegfried sent a couple of these. Let's see if this will play. I actually haven't pre-tested these. Let's see if this will. To a goalie. It's a safe, safe, safe. I've this before. It's a wave, wave, wave. These are apparently old-time oh, radio Kent, commercials. Kent cigarettes. Exactly. Kent cigarettes. So you should put some of these cigarette ads during your radio play, and it really is tempting to do that. Yeah. To the girl. It's a regiment to smoker. It's a Kent. The day's a Kent. Cancer has never sounded happier. 
Everybody say. The taste of Sounds strangely manic. Sounds like they're wired on something. If you smoke a filter cigarette, try the taste of Kent. Here's one more. CBS presents. They'll know you've arrived when you drive up in the 1958 Edsel, the car that's truly new from nameplate to taillights. New from the front. New from the side. New from the rear. Only Edsel has the sleek, clean line design that sets it apart from the lookalike cars. And it combines Boy. new looks with the newest V8 engines in the world. Wow, they the just had no idea. Edsel 400 and the power-packed Edsel 475. It is unlikely you have ever driven a car with so much real, usable power as the Edsel. And with Edsel's exclusive Teletouch drive, you drive more safely, more easily than you ever have before. Right into that stainless steel dashboard when you hit something. Who needs seatbelts? There's seat even belts? the added luxury of new Edsel air suspension. That's just like riding on air, because you are. And remember, of all the medium-priced cars, car for car, across the board, the 1958 Edsel is the one that's new and the lowest price, too. So see your Edsel dealer. Ah, oh, fantastic. I like that. They just had no clue. Boy, that listening to those Edsel commercials especially is really great because they, they were just walking straight off a cliff, and they just had no notion. Growing up, my next-door neighbor's accountant drove an Edsel. Oh. Uh, it was like a cherry red Edsel that he kept in the, in the tip-top shape. And it must have been a 58 because that was the only year they made it, right? Yep. Because it was like the legendary bomb. So, fantastic. Here's Tim Riley. So, meanwhile, uh, the uh, Portland Parks Bureau has approved a $7.15 million project that will re-ramp or revamp a key position of the downtown park. They've got to dress up the max stop at the west end of the Burnside Bridge. That'll uh, attract some civilized people. <laughs> the purpose is to revitalize Old Town. Uh, the major purpose is to uh, fix up Saturday Market which is under the Burnside Bridge. The new market configuration will uh, put 69 market booths in the plaza west of NATO Parkway and 204 under the new park canopy across the street in the park. Uh, so they're spending more than $7 million on <laughs> to, to try to attract civilized people. There'll also be a fountain there. That'll attract children and families. And homeless people who wish to scrub their privates. No, we don't have homeless people down there. No, of course not. Not at all. Uh, let's see here. Oh, the brother of uh, Dennis Kucinich has been found dead. 52-year-old Perry Kucinich, a brother of Dennis and the presidential candidate, was found by his other brother this morning in their Cleveland home. There is no apparent sign of violence. Maybe he died of shame. Oh, that could be also. I'm sorry. We're terrible people today. All right. Here's uh, Tim Riley. Let's see. Oh, there's a big uh, chemical explosion in uh, Florida right now, an explosion at a chemical plant. Oh, what? Oh, no, a stupid Mannheim steamroller. No, I'm sorry. I, sad. There's a thick black plume of smoke over Jacksonville, Florida right now. Isn't that where uh, Richard Nunn lives now? Yes, where? 
Florida. That was on me. No, it wasn't. I played mine, is that too. Exactly the, exactly the same time. Excellent. Yeah, Richard Nunn is there. I wonder if he... Uh, Take if he... a look at that. Inhale that chemical. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Where is that at? Jacksonville, Florida. Well, that place is kind of a write-off anyway, isn't it? Oh, WJXT. That's who Richard was. That is Richard Nunn. Mm-hmm. Did you get that email from him too? We got I haven't it. heard from him in two years and got a random email. From him That's today. funny. To, yeah, we got an email from Richard Nunn today. I haven't talked to him forever. Darn it. Someone is impersonating him apparently. Somebody's impersonating <laughs> Richard <laughs> online. Uh, apparently, somebody ha- is has impersonated him recently, uh, and, and so he's trying to put a stop to it or whatever. But we just uh, we haven't heard from him forever. Uh, so and now he's uh, now. I wonder if he'll be covering that in his weather. I wonder if he'll say that you know. Tonight's forecast calls for hot, viscous clouds of death hovering over the city. Jesus, don't inhale that. Time for the joy of Christmas. Oh, fantastic. Here's uh, another exciting installment of the joy of Christmas. Wonderful. Excellent. Santa Claus is knocked out cold in Spokane. Santa Claus was knocked unconscious by a thrown object that hit his face when he was riding on the back of a truck decorated as a sleigh. Uh, Santa Claus never saw what hit him. It broke its nose and gave him a concussion and two black eyes. One second I was waving to the people and the next minute I wasn't, said Santa. He was taking part in Santa Run, sponsored by the uh, Spokane Firefighters Union, which features off-duty firefighters who dress up as Santa and ride through the residential areas handing out candy to children. Wave at the ground, Santa. Other volunteers realized something was wrong after they hadn't heard from Santa in a few minutes. They stopped the truck and found him lying unconscious. It pretty much cold conked him, said Lieutenant Scott Hammersfield. Uh, they thought I smelled my hot chocolate, and then they realized it was blood. <laughs> I just love the idea that we haven't heard from Santa in quite a while. It's sort of a, don't you picture sort of a, ho, 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 ho. And then eventually it's just just a big red oozing stain. It, it, it took some thinking to figure out it wasn't hot chocolate, it was blood. <laughs> the rest of the night was kind of hazy. He's <laughs> standing over his dead grandmother. Uh, the uh, Let's see. Uh, an assault report has been filed with Spokane police, but no witnesses will come forward. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's wrong to laugh at the beating of Santa Claus. There is a, a tremendous shortage of joy in the United States this Christmas season, according to a new survey. Uh, this is done by a life coach and wine expert. Lori Foster, who said the pressure of the holidays is, uh, well, it's affecting all of us. 60% of people found they got the most joy from connecting with friends and family over great food and great wine. It's not all about the gifts. It's not all about the decorating. (laughs) Focus on being with the people you care about. Life and wine coach Lori Foster said the pressure of the holidays sucks the joy out of life. It sucks the joy. Work, family. Life. Like I mean, sex so many joy things coming out, especially in the holiday season, it sort of ramps up even more. And so it's hard to always focus on the things that bring us joy. I think Richie managed to sex the joy out of life for some people yesterday. Well, oh, that is true. It's just a guess. I'd like to be a life coach for a living. How does one get that job? A life coach? Yeah. If you don't do anything else successfully. That's you just stand and go, i on the wall, life coach. Let me coach. People come by and they pay you gobs of money. Yeah. I am in. All right, fantastic. There goes your joy of Christmas. Uh, from Wednesday. Excellent. Uh, let's see. Uh, what do we have here? Blah, da, da, blah, 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 blah. Did you know Chip Davis of Mannheim Steamrollers originally from Portland? No. All right, there you go. 
Bada bing. Here's Tim Riley. Uh, speaking of Christmas, uh, Mike Huckabee tells the Today Show he's amazed at the criticism of his new Christmas ad, which begins airing today in Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina. We wanted to do something that showed, hey, folks, life isn't all about politics. Life is also about our family and friends. We thought the ad would uh, maybe try, try to change the tone of the political campaign. Instead, people try to look at something sinister behind the, uh, the spot. No, I everyone hates me. politics. I hate this guy. Yes, seriously. It's, and the worst part about well, that... How is he trying to be positive? By like hawking God or hawking his politics. Well, and it's going to be God. And of course, because and you know, oh, God only blesses the United States. He hates Canada, <laughs> and he only blesses certain Mexico, certain parts of America. Do you only want to hear the white portions? Yeah, well, it, well, he's and because he, he's in Iowa, right? That that's where the ad is. That's how you. I mean, Iowa, New Hampshire, and South Carolina. I know that this is really, really, really obvious. But, of course, that's the most galling part about it, right, is that, like, he's, let's get away from politics. Here's an ad I will only be showing in the primary states. So he cares so much about getting away from politics that he's only going to pay to run the ad where the primaries are happening. The, the worst is the opening line. Do you have it? Are you about worn out of all the television commercials you've been seeing? Would you like Mostly. to see me attacked by Wolverines? Yeah, he doesn't even specifically say political commercials. He's just, in, in turn, making another TV commercial that he's saying that people are tired of watching. Talk about Jesus for a about while. politics. I don't blame you. At this time of year, sometimes it's nice... And to he's playing a Christian hymn underneath. Uh -huh, what really matters is the celebration of the birth of Christ and being with our family and our friends. I hope that you and your family will have a magnificent Christmas season. And on behalf of all of us, God bless and Merry Christmas. I'm Mike Huckabee, and I approve this message. Have a white heterosexual Christmas, won't you please? Jesus. Here's Tim Riley. There are lots of laughs over this spot on MSNBC. Uh, now, were you surprised? Your ad, not Giuliani's. Giuliani's yeah. ad is leaving us all feeling a little queasy. Were you surprised uh, at the reaction this ad? No, on? I was, or did I you was know it was shocked. shocked. No, I was shocked. I mean, what we tried to do was to sort of change the political discourse that was going on. Everything was so negative. Uh, we were being hammered on every side. Mitt Romney was running nonstop attack ads. Uh, he and Fred Thompson were poisoning everybody's mailbox. I mean, most people go to the mailbox to look for Christmas cards, a little, uh, you know, peace on earth, <laughs> sure. will toward men sort of thing. And instead sort of thing. their mail, it's like, Mike Huckabee is this, Mike Huckabee did this. And we said, you know, let's change the discussion a little bit. The funniest thing of all, and this is absolutely amazing to us, this idea that there was a subliminal message, the floating cross, it is a bookshelf, people. I don't know a about that, bookshelf. I think it's a cross <laughs> Wait, hold on. Hold on. Okay, 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 Governor. Yeah, and he, I'm hey, with Mika, you, Mika, Mika, Governor, but, but our Marxist Mika Brzezinski disagrees. Well, well, Mika, i got to tell you, actually, what you didn't catch was with my eyes, I was signaling my eyes. code, a very secret message to all the evangelicals out there. Exactly. And you have to watch very carefully to catch that. I, I told some reporters yesterday that if you play the spot backwards, it says, Paul is dead. Oh Paul, is dead. Paul is dead. Paul is dead. Boy, that's really unfunny. Left watching that ad. I did. I, I felt the light shining down on you. You were being sarcastic. Yes, I am. You know, you know Governor, though. I, what I, is this? Is this MSNBC? Yeah. Boy, kind of uncomfortable. boy, if they nominate him, they are so hosed. If they, if the GOP nominates him, they are going to get their clocks cleaned like a, like they were inside a, a, like they were inside a big cleaning thing. They, th that guy will never be elected president ever. Not going to happen. If they nominate him, they can just write their obituary right now. So there. All right. All right. He said there are powerful people on the Wall Street and some in Washington who want to control him, but it'll never happen. Not 
Mike Huckabee. Because they don't control me. Uh, I'm not one of theirs. I'm not one of those guys that uh, just own my soul to the people on Wall Street. I'm not a wholly owned subsidiary of them. Uh, I, I don't live in the circles of power in Washington. I really do come right up from the people. Oh, really? Did he really just say the people? Like, really seriously? I thought only Paul Stanley could do that. He's now. chewing on that piece of wheat. <laughs> wearing a straw hat. I'm sitting on top of a mule. That's the kind of folk he come from. Getting get ready to float down the river with Jim on a raft. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, with like holding a dead cat by the tail. And I'm like bib overalls with one <laughs> one snap undone. Mama, where are my grits? <laughs> you common folk. Not like that New Yorker, Rudy no. Giuliani. The common clay of the New West. You know, morons. Jesus. <laughs> He's just like you, Tim. Yes, he is. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. Um, well, let's end this. Let's take a break. Uh, or do we have more Huckabee gold? No, that's enough for now. You can only have so much at one time. <laughs> oh, you know, can I just tell you this as we're breaking? Do you know what they're... Uh, you know what they're going to be. Uh, you know what they're going to be doing. So I'll give I'll give Fox News a headline right now. This has a little apostrophe there. Mm-hmm. When his chances look good, it'll be Huck Win. Huck Win. Huck Win. Back after this with more Tim Riley. He's also just like you. You say that. Give the presence of Yoko Ono on this record. She's so easy to pick out of a crowd. You can tell they try to drown her out. Well, she has a sort of wing-like quality. That's and really, how bad must someone singing be when you try to drown her out with a chorus of school children, who themselves are not like auditory catnips? I used to have a terrible cover of this by somebody, and I can't remember who. It was somebody awful. Somebody who should never be allowed to cover a song like that. Like the Pretenders or somebody. All right, at the Ministry of Truth, here's Tim Riley. Well, it's a boy for CNN anchor Campbell Brown, the 39-year-old uh, news lady, <clears throat> and her husband, Dan Senior, welcome their first child, Eli Jane Senior. Uh, let's see here. Um, Eli and his mom are doing great. Adding, we are thrilled... They are married, though. They've been married since uh, April of 2006. Then, the National Enquirer says a woman linked to John Edwards in a cheating scandal is more than six months pregnant. Zang. John Edwards' love child. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) This comes weeks after Edwards emphatically denied having an affair with Riel Hunter, who formerly worked for his campaign. 
But the Inquirer is now confirming not only is she pregnant, she's also living in a gated community in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, streets away from Andrew Young, who has been a key official in Edwards' campaign. So, in a bizarre twist, Young, a 41-year-old married man with young children, now claims he is the father of this woman's well, of baby. Well, of course he would. I think we call that taking a bullet. Hmm? I think that's called, I think that's a little in the line of fire uh, action happening there. So, uh, I, was for, I was just watching uh, Primary Colors the other day, as a matter of fact. That whole, well, she says Governor Jack Stanton is the daddy. You know, that's a, just, you know, politics is really just the fastest, meanest track of them all. There's just no doubt about it. I, God, I wish I had to say was that's alive. a train wreck, too. Yes? Who? <laughs> what? Who? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> Who was that speaking? Oh, it's, uh, I'm practicing for someone to speak here. That we'll hear make... about it in just a moment. <laughs> okay. I wondered if that was just God speaking to us about the nature of this program. All right. Fair enough. No, uh, we have some wonderful things coming. No, it's just every time I hear something like that, blah, 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 love child, blah, 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 subliminal cross, I just wish Hunter Thompson it was still alive to comment on this. I really, uh, more than almost anything in politics, uh, I... I, I I miss having Hunter Thompson's political commentary on just the insanity that envelops us every couple of years in this country. I really do miss him. Here's Tim Riley. Which brings us to our Britney watch. Oh, man. Oh, can you imagine? Here's your Britney watch. I love these guys. You just want to tousle their hair. Tim Riley with your Britney watch. Pregnant, 16, Jamie Lynn dashes her family's hopes. <laughs> Jamie Lynn Spears never imagined she'd spend the summer of her 16th year bringing a baby. Well, the new arrival will come in early July, according to a source close to the family, and despite the calm front put up by her mother, Lynn. Sources say she's, well, she's taking the news the hardest. In short... Jamie Lynn has dashed the hopes of her fallen show business family. Yes, Jamie Lynn was the family's big hope. With Britney one minute you're in, then the next you're out. Britney's been supporting her family for years, and now all eyes are on Jamie Lynn for the wrong reason. She is the star of Nickelodeon's usually successful Zoe 101, and her future there and income are up in the air. Nickelodeon issued a statement saying, quote, we respect Jamie Lynn's decision to take responsibility for this sensitive and personal situation. We know this is a difficult time for her and her family, and our primary concern right now is for Jamie Lynn's well-being. I hope John Edwards is the father. Then Jamie Lynn Spears was not paid for this week's magazine interview with OK Magazine. Apparently the money will change hands down the road when the baby is born. <laughs> Sources close to Britney's family tells uh, TMZ it all started when Britney melted down on an OK Magazine photo shoot. Brittany's mom, Lynn, read the article and called OK personally to thank them for handling it so well. Stay in touch with OK. Well, she called him this week when she learned the news of Jamie's pregnancy was about to break. Her only requirement, keep Brittany out of it. So let me understand. This is all about Jamie Lynn. So she doesn't. How effed up must Britney Spears be when the big thing you're using to draw attention away from your daughter is the fact that your other daughter is 16 and pregnant. Mm -hmm. uh. Like, that's the thing you want them to focus on. No, no, no. Talk to my knocked-up teenage daughter. She's our bright, shining beacon. So do I understand that she only gets paid when the baby... That's like, a, we'll give you 
10% now and the rest when the baby is born? Yeah. Creepy. All right. So they agree to pay $1 million to the younger spirits for a photo shoot when the child is born. Jesus. What an insane family. What a bunch of clampus. And, and Jamie is further along than the 12 months she says in the magazine's article. Expect a spring baby. People are saying she's like five months along and she's only Jesus. saying she's two and a half, three. What should yeah. we name the baby? What? Packy. Packy Spears. I mean... That's ah, a dumb bit. There's no naming the bit. It would no, be stupid. No, because if I we can't. said something, we'll offend somebody. No, but I can't think of what it would... I mean, we don't want to offend the Spears family. Of course. I don't want to offend their delicate hillbilly sensibilities. I mean, Christ. Jesus. Uh, really, I honestly. I when she turned baby, 16. Jesus. Jesus Spears. Um, that might be a good... Let's see if she, how old she was when she got pregnant. Let's see if he was engaging in a little statutory rape. Well, he already is because he's 19. Well, unless oh, the really? age of consent... What is it? In aren't, they, aren't they from Alabama? Yeah, some Louisiana. Yeah, April fourth. He's nineteen. Yeah. Well, he. They started dating when she was thirteen. Well, well it doesn't, it doesn't matter what the age of consent was. He was an adult, and she was under the age of consent. Well, they're courting. That's style. <laughs> Can I take you to my tin shed? Would you like to go to my ice cream circle? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever ridden a mule? Uh, so I believe in most states, it doesn't matter. The distance between the ages, if one of them is an adult and one of them is not, it's illegal, period, I think. Well, they're in Louisiana, though, right? Where life is cheap. Well, she has to live in California <laughs> if she's doing that show, or was know. doing that show. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just so bizarre. This is. It says, like, the father is Casey Aldridge, who she met through the church, the Spears. Stated <laughs> the shortly, church. She stated shortly before Thanksgiving that she had no steady boyfriend. Uh-huh. Well, we fixed that. <laughs> I was going to say now that. I could be painting help on the roof of her house. <laughs> Asking for help from FEMA. <laughs> it's a good Louisiana girl would God, do. The whole family is just a pack of screaming retards. Well, we're not done with them yet. Oh, fantastic. Our clinical psychologist, Judy Karansky, says uh, Jamie Lynn is following in her sister's footsteps. I have to say that's a train wreck, too, because what we hear from that, obviously, is that she wasn't practicing at all any pregnancy prevention, any safe sex, obviously, by getting pregnant. It's a very bad sign for kids. It's an example for the children. Seven-year-olds are watching Zoe. That is so unhealthy for them to see this girl as a very bad role model. And as a psychologist, I am shocked. They're not going to be seeing her at all. You know Nickelodeon's Oh, I was going to say, no one's going to be seeing Jamie Lee Spears ever again. Well, maybe she's auntie aunt. <laughs> maybe. Uh uh, this is a good opportunity to teach kids about sex. I feel it is so important yes, as a result of this for parents to turn this around and use the situation <laughs> to talk to the kids. We yeah. call that a teachable moment. Uh-huh. Yeah. Let's... Why don't we use the Spears girls as an I as a as example of sexual uh, education? Spears girls. Good God almighty. Then Brittany will no longer be granted a, a part-time residency at the pricey Four Seasons Hotel in Beverly Hills. The hotel has decided to ask Brit's peeps to make sure she doesn't come back. Looks like uh, Mess Thing is going to have to set up her search for a new party crib. That sounds like TMZ speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now, we hear guests at the five-star establishment are fed up with the unwanted attention drawn to their usually relaxing digs. An entrance swarming with feeding paparazzi is not exactly, un well, inviting. On top of that, the spectacle that Miss Spears has been gathering so much negative press about her rendezvous... Erratic, rather. And the hotel no longer desires to host the pop wreck. It's not the first hotel to close their doors. Brittany has also been asked not to return to the restaurant at the Swink Chateau Malmont after uh, smearing a plate of food on her face in front of guests. I don't... 
When did that happen? We missed that one. When did Britney Spears cover... I bet, uh, when she was uh, dining at the Chateau Melmont. She smeared food on her face? Yeah. Maybe it was an accident. That's true. Explain, please, how that would happen by accident. Well, they didn't furnish her with a well, she was drunk. Well, <laughs> All they gave me was just trough, y'all. She's, she's country. Well, if you take too big of a bite of salad and you real. get salad dressing. Yeah, uh-huh. Okay. And one more. She's sculpting a picture of Devil's Tower out of her potatoes. All right. That planned parenting book by the mother of Brittany and Jamie has been shelled indefinitely. Uh, As spokesman for publisher Thomas Nelson has uh, confirmed to People magazine that the release date for Lynn Spears, pop culture mom, Jesus, has been pushed back, but certainly not canceled. It was to hit stores in May 2008. They say the decision to delay the book was made last week and has nothing to do with no, her, of course her not. daughter being pregnant no. and, and her other daughter uh, <laughs> being crazy, be, being banned from restaurants and hotels. <laughs> and smearing food on her face. She's like 29. Oh, my God. The mom? Uh, probably. probably. I, got, I got so many observations about this. First of all, you just can't take the girl out of the hick, I guess. I, I, first of all, as many people have already emailed, Brittany finally is the crazy aunt. Yes, she is now crazy aunt Brittany. Secondly, boy, you know who the you know who is so happy at this moment in time is Justin Timberlake. It just because she was like slinging a fair amount of mud at him when they broke up, and how glad is he that he got in there and it was out before this all imploded? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? That's a, that's like you know that's like that, I don't know that's like using a building right before they demolish it or something. That's like being the last guy to use the bathroom at the Sands before they blow it up. <laughs> I was in there when I was still standing. Um. God, what else? We ought to just uh, we ought to just start raising money to just buy that baby when it's born. You know what I mean? We ought to start raising money to buy Jamie Lynn Spears' child. Oh, that sounds good. I like that. Uh, this guy says, uh, you have to name the baby Chance. Wah, wah. All right. Yeah. I Boy, that baby is so after. Just, you, you feel bad for the baby? The baby's not even born yet, and you feel bad for it. It's kind of a, like an end of the cold baby type of thing. Totally. It's just, you know, here, baby, you know, this is, I think, an object lesson in the fact that one needn't be born into poverty or into a slum to have your life already ruined. Uh, I look forward to that to continue. Uh, you're on the well. It, it does. It is good to know the Spears family will continue to give us entertainment for a whole other generation. Mm-hmm. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, I think that they should name uh, the kid Chuck if it's a boy. Why? Because it would be funny. Is that all you got today, sir? Uh, yes. Yes, it is. Okay. Thank you for listening. Richie actually typed on the screen, LOL. I think he was trying to encourage me to laugh at that joke. Chuck Spears. Oh, I see. Ha ha. All right, little mash reference there. Here's Tim Riley. The Queen of Lativa has signed on as the new <laughs> Jenny Craig spokesperson. The weight loss chain confirms to People magazine that the 37-year-old singer and actress will join its program in January, adding the company that is, quote, Thrilled to have the Queen supporting our mission of improving health by taking her first step toward achieving a more helpful lifestyle. This is uh, this is all code for she is fat. Yeah. Okay. Previous this... celebrity spokespeople include Kirstie Alley and Valerie Bertinelli. Boy, Kirstie Alley. Boy, you want to talk about a woman who used to be hot, but we've all just sort of forgotten that that was ever the case. Yeah. Just com- Oh, the only times you ever see her are like pictures of her on the Inquirer. Like, she yeah. gained 400 pounds. Now remember. she looks like a w- woman from the Couve. <laughs> it's hard to remember when she wasn't leathery and fat. Um, 
Wasn't Queen Latifah another one of those women though that was always I'm I'm happy with my body, so I I love who I'm never changing. Get used to it. And then of course they always just you know they always just buckle down at the end and they just get up looking like a big plate of mashed potatoes. Queen Latifah. I never mind. I was gonna make a comment, but I'm not gonna say it. Oh, let's wide open for you. Let's close out our Britney watch while we're thinking about it. That's a good way to get out of that joke. Uh, Nickel Arcade will be in the studio on Friday, favoring you with uh, some of your holiday favorites. Are they going to play this? Do you know it's Christmas? I don't know. Oh, they should totally sing Do You Know It's Christmas. Um, the uh, I don't know, actually. Uh, I You know, we were talking. I said, you know, a couple a couple of holiday songs of your choosing and, uh, you know, maybe an original or whatever. We'll figure it out. Storm's going to be here. Dave Lee, a former Nordstrom pianist and all-around musical uh, genius, will be here. Uh, and then, of course, the uh, live radio play happening at uh, 2 p.m. It's all very exciting. Here's Tim Riley. Anybody have any Burr Live songs around? Uh, I was just thinking of Holly Jolly Christmas. You mean like right now with this very instant? Well, not right now, but sometime later. I can find it right What's now. Christmas without Burr Lives? You know, Burr Lives hated children. I know he did. And he worshipped the devil. <laughs> we've, we've been this route before. We do this every Christmas. Have we? Yeah. Have we, have we talked about him worshipping the devil, though? Sure. When did we talk about that? I remember talking about him hating children. I was just talking about that last week. I, when did we discuss Burr Lives worshipping Satan? Because I, I knew his maid, and she was told never to go into a certain room, and she did, and it was all full of articles from the devil. And she was promptly fired. Is this me playing this or you? Not that it matters. Here's Burr Live. Listen to that. Zam. Hail Satan. I don't know if there'll be snow. But have a cup of cheer. Well, you know, he just lived his whole life. Just ru- I mean, he was Big Daddy in Canada Hot Tin Roof. Finest dramatic performances of the 20th century. I just watched it recently. Really? Yeah. yeah I mean, and you look and you're like, that's Burl Ives, who worships Satan, apparently. I thought he was the guy that had the glass coffee table. He might. Or maybe that's... I'm not familiar with his furniture. Maybe that's... Uh, maybe I'm thinking of Raymond Burr. Raymond Burr had that whole business about lying underneath a glass coffee table. You know what I'm talking about? No. Please tell us. I uh, so insane to talk about all this with Holly Jolly Christmas. <laughs> Burr, uh, Raymond Burr, as the story, as I heard the story, Raymond Burr, TV's uh, Perry Mason, had this whole uh, one might call it a fetish for laying on his back underneath a glass coffee table. And then watching uh, women uh, do some of their business onto the table. That's all I'm saying. I don't. I don't know that's true. I'm just passing it along. That Think sounds of, like something Richie might request on a slow night. <laughs> <laughs> it's number two night at the Bristol household. Hung. All right, there you go. There's Tim Riley. Eric Estrada's son is allegedly to blame for the emergency landing of an L.A. to Memphis aircraft. According to the Daily News, the college student, Brandon Estrada, became agitated a couple of hours into the flight and reportedly was convinced that nobody was flying the plane. Then he tried to get out of the airplane and also into the cockpit. The plane's crew apparently used military and police passengers, lucky they had both, for goodness sake, to uh, quietly restrain him. 
Then he was removed by the FBI, <laughs> which made an emergency landing in Oklahoma City. He was not arrested, well, because he's Eric Estrada's son. Eric Estrada is best known as playing Ponch on Chips. And he said his, his son has been under a lot of stress and pressure from college. Estrada also asked his fans, quote, Reach out to my son in your prayers during this time of need. Let's, let's all take time to pray for Eric Estrada's son. Oh, I didn't tell you this insane. So let me. I looked at this lunatic um, Mike Huckabee forum here. Uh, this is the Mike Huckabee website, where, and it is called the Lunatic Forum. Uh, no, oh. no, that's just my colloquialism. Oh. Um, where they are apparently creating a secret prayer forum. Uh, to what? To ask... Eric Estrada's son <laughs> and Omarion. <laughs> Floods devastating Louisiana. Play, pray for Eric Estrada's son. <laughs> we have to get the word out now. Uh, hold on. Let's. Uh, let's make sure the people are aware of this. Who are we calling? Dave's in. The gatekeeper. I think it's Dave's in. What time is it? Well, he might be at lunch. Dave didn't answer either when I called him earlier. Maybe he's dead. I know he's here. No, I saw him alive. Maybe he's ignoring us. Oh. Hi. Hello, KUFO, Moon 107.5 and AM 9.7. Hi, this is the Rick Emerson Show downstairs. Uh, Who who am I speaking to? Hello, yes, this is Annie. Hi, Annie. Annie. How are you doing? Doing well. Annie, I've I've called up to ask you to pray for Eric Estrada's son. Oh, well, I think I can do that. Can you please, um, can you do like an all-building announcement from where you are? <laughs> I can't, you want me to do a page? Can you, uh, Tim, what is the exact, what is his name? His name is uh, Eric Estrada's son, Brandon. And we like three Hill Marys from okay. everyone. So we don't, we, you don't need to say Brandon. You, if you would just ask the people here at CBS Radio Portland, if you just do an all-building announcement, uh, that, uh, that everyone should uh, take a few moments and pray for Eric Estrada's son. If they okay. value their jobs. All right. and that's, uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm in confession here and being ordered to do three Hail Marys. <laughs> I was I was going to add an act of contrition. Do you, uh, <laughs> now, uh, please forgive the question. Now, you are younger than myself. Do you know who Eric Estrada is? You know, uh, I'll admit no. Oh, God. So please enlighten me. Hey, now. Eric Estrada, <laughs> Eric Estrada was Ponch on the television cop drama Chips. Oh, gee. See, I don't even know what Chips is. Uh, is it edible? Like Pringles. <laughs> oh, I wish I was dead. All right. So it is. his name is Eric uh, Estrada. E-S-T-R-A-D-A. Eric Estrada. Mm-hmm. So if you would please uh, just do a building page and ask everyone to play, uh, pray for Eric Estrada's uh, uh, son. Can you do that? Yes, and then I'll ask him to pray for me because it sounds like I, I may need some. All right. Excellent. Thank <laughs> you. Even the people outside smoking. Yeah. Right, when they come in. All right. Thank you, Annie. No problem. All right. There you go, Danny. All right. Who is Annie? Uh, red-haired girl. I haven't seen a red-haired works girl. In the, works with Sarah Wagner. Uh, uh, oh, she's really she pretty and has, um, like, really Hold curly on. red is she, hair. Is she uh, Sarah's assistant? Hold on. I wonder if we can hear the all-building pages down uh, No, we can't. Really? Oh, yeah. They got rid of that a long time ago. You can hear it in the kitchen. And, and the alarm that goes off and the transmitter goes off, too. Will we be able to hear the page down there? Not us. No. Nope. This is compelling, isn't it? It really is. Rick, why? There's so many other things to pray for in the world. No, this is Eric Estrada's son. You don't understand. Anyway, so here at, the, at this uh, Mike Huckabee Forum, um, they're creating a secret prayer message board at which 3,000 lunatics will be praying that God stops giving money to Ron Paul or whatever. 
or that God, I guess God is sort of the secret, I guess God is the money launderer in this whole thing. Well, he's, middle, he's a silent partner. <laughs> he's the, God is the, um, God is the Sam Giancana of the of the Ron Paul campaign. He's just sort of funneling the he's funneling the money to Frank and Dean. Um, so I guess there's a secret prayer forum that they they're starting to organize a grassroots prayer to Jesus to stop people from donating money to Ron Paul. So there you go. So that if you want to kill some time, uh, you can go to uh, MikeHuckabeeForum.com and. Read all about that. Yeah, Annie is the red-haired girl uh, who works with uh, Sarah Wagner. It's it's funny. A girl named Annie has red hair, just like in the play. I you, thought that was funny for her when she was younger. I was going to say you should make that observation. Does she have a little dog too? You should you should ask her that over and over again. You should do it every morning. Let's play I wonder if she dresses more. like Annie for Halloween. It's like a self-made costume. Um, what is that bad? No, no, never. You just reminded me of something that I can't talk about. Oh, um, well, that's not fair. Yes, I know. Uh, fair. All right, so there you go. Here on KCMD Portland, here's Tim Riley. So the latest thing around Portland is pedaling around on bicycles that don't have brakes. Have you seen any of these people around? Apparently, they're enough to cause some concern. These aren't these so-called zoo bombers. No, they? these are the uh, messengers pedaling around downtown, and apparently, a lot of them uh, don't like to have brakes on their bikes for some reason. Currently, Oregon law says a bicycle must be equipped with a brake that enables the operator to stop the tires from going. Why would you fixed gear bikes? Why? But that's stupid. Why wouldn't you want brakes? All my for everyone on Hawthorne has fixed fixed gear bikes. Sarah, if everybody on Hawthorne jumped off a building, would you do it? I don't have a fixed gear bike. They scare me. It's retarded. Why so would they, you do that? When you're going down a hill, you have to pedal backwards. So basically, you have to work against the chain. Like there are no brakes. So you hit the brake, you have to like keep pedaling backward to try and stop the chain. So it's not like kind of skidding. It's not like on a dirt bike when you're a kid where you push backward and that is the brake. It activates the brake. No, they no, just there, don't have there brakes. There is no brake. What it is is there's one single chain. What is on the, the logic system. behind this? I don't Tim, know. does the story say why the young people are doing this? Well, you know how young people are. They like to break laws. There's even if they put their lives on the line. Hooligans. Oh, it's oh, fixed bikes are gaining in popularity. A fixed gear bike is the top seller at River City Bicycles. And 10% of them are brakeless. Why? I think people like the dangerous aspect of it, too. Like, it's more of a challenging... Well, they claim that uh, people being involved in crashes aren't the ones that don't have brakes. So, apparently, you have a better chance of being in a crash if you do have brakes. Okay, that's just dumb. And, uh, okay. Uh, well, let's get some of these calls. By the way, somebody's saying he checked, he Googled. I love, I love our audience. I love the fact that just moments ago... Google received a search for Burl Ives and Satan. So a guy saying he Googled Burl Ives and Satan and found nothing. So he says, I believe Tim is pulling your lariat. No, Tim, Tim no. is lying. He knew, if he knows that he made personally. I'm not saying... I'm, just, I'm not saying anything. I'm just saying this is a chance for us to spread the word of Burl Ives and Satan. I more Satan worshippers than mm -hmm. we know. Probably. Yeah. It's like swingers. Mm -hmm. um, so you are saying... Hello, am I on the air? <laughs> I don't understand what's happening. Uh, hello, sir. Hi. Hi, how you doing? Merry Christmas. Hey, before I give you Britney Spears, or uh, excuse me, Jamie Spears' kid's name, yeah. there was a story on Breebark TV a while back that I think you guys would have been interested in. Uh-huh. Something about, in California, some teens throwing, quote, liquid feces on a woman in a store. True story, they had a video on Breebark. Can I tell you, the <laughs> juxtaposition of you talking about someone throwing liquid feces with the song from Annie playing in the background... <laughs> He's unintentionally the best radio that's ever been done by anyone. Correct. Keep talking, the feces. Correct. Keep, keep talking about the feces. Keep talking about the feces, sir. 
Uh, no, that's just a story. Apparently, it's just a liquid piece. Anyway, it's not pretty bar. It's not a fake story. I think that they should. Uh, she should name her kid Asparagus Spears. Thank you very much. <laughs> Liquid feces. Best show ever. Okay. Please stop. Please turn it off. <laughs> you know, sometimes we're just doing this show for the three of us, but that's all that matters. And Richie. Well, I brought up the comment last night that my mortgage is paid by doing this. <laughs> <laughs> which is the, which is the most retarded thing. <laughs> <laughs> this actually does make it possible for me to own a new car. That really that really is insane now that you think about it. Oh my god. Something just What fell did you do? Right. Part of the part of the studio just fell off. Alright. Mine's just completely missing yeah. right here the board. Right. Hi Richie. That's okay. We probably don't that's okay. Annie we don't want to harass because Annie. Why? She has a I didn't say she was Sarah's assistant. Well, I speculated that she might be. Tell her she doesn't sure. have to do the page. I take it back. <laughs> Tell her, no, 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 it's fine. I'll ask Dave to do it later. You let her know it's fine. I don't want to feel pressured to page people and demand that they pray for Eric Estrada's son. I didn't call her Sarah's assistant. I did. Whoa, Whoa the lights just what went What was off. that? Well, it's windy outside, you know. Something just kicked on. I hope. Well, I guess we won't know for no, we're... Oh, we have an emergency <laughs> generator in the closet in the kitchen. Really? Yeah. It's in that? the closet. That... Yeah. No. That. No. That was the, our lights just. Uh, screen, yeah. Our lights it, just dim. Right, I'm gonna check forty seconds and see if we're back up there. It, it's. Right. It's a door that says this is not an exit. Right. That's where we Should keep the emergency generator. No, we're fine. No, we'll, we'll fill. No, 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 we no. have a backup generator. It just. We're gonna, we're... Last time there was some weirdness that they didn't know was there, and so they had to fix it. But oh, it, we it are... again. No, that's. That it? probably means we're back on main power. No. Okay. So, Ooh, it does. I like that you can hear it adjusting. It's very yeah. comforting. Don't forget one of the towers collapsed in 1972. How could we? All right. I don't so need... they're fairly new towers. So let's get back to Burl Ives worshiping Satan. So What was it about the... I didn't even listen to that guy talking about the feces. Well, I was busy distracted by show tunes in the background while wondering if Annie was going to make people pray for the son of Eric Estrada upstairs. I love this show. All right. So, Tim, you knew a maid who worked for Burl Ives? Yes. And she said that Burl Ives had a room he told her not to go into. Right. But she did. The maid. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, oh, Mr. Ives, he, he's at the store. I will search his room. And she looked in. Satan things. Yes. Now, when you say things from Satan, what does like that altars? mean? Like altars? Like notes from Satan? Like devil statues and things with long tails? Paintings? Well, pictures? who doesn't? Well, Aaron owns many of those things. Then he could be the next Burl Ives. Well, you know, you never know how many people are in a certain kind of relationship, by which I mean satanic, until you start talking about it. Then you discover any number of people who you know are in relationships about Satan. Uh, so, Burl Ives and Satan. So I'm going to Google it right now and see if that guy knows what he's talking about. Uh, in the meantime, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of whatever. So we're done with the bike story. I guess. Well, I'm waiting for... Let's see if these calls are about the, the bikes with no brakes. Hello? Hello, sir. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. What are you calling hey. about? Oh, sorry about that. I have the uh, technical name for your uh, Perry Mason guy. There's, there's another one. It's also called... No, a no, 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 no. Thank you. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. No, thanks. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, I was calling in regards to the uh, six-gear bikes. Yes. Now, what is? why would you want a bike with no brakes? Uh, well, because you probably think you're really cool. Um, 
No, I, I, I believe those bikes were originally made for bicycle velodrome racing, like the uh, slanted circular tracks. See, my thing is, this story claims, Tim, doesn't it, that the messengers are the ones doing this. Mm-hmm. And in my yeah. experience... Mm-hmm. In my experience, messengers are the long-haul truckers of the bike world, by which I mean they're very safe. Messengers, in my experience, helmet, the right bike, they get it tuned up, they got you know the, the right lock, they got the right bag. Messenger, bike messengers, and we have many bike messengers who listen to the show and who service this building, because we're at CBS Radio Portland is in three different buildings. They're very safe. I cannot imagine. Is it just some big look how big my sack is thing? Is that what it is? Is it just for guys who are compensating? Be honest. I I think so. Um, and it's it's not that there's no way to break. It's that the pedals. Whenever the wheel moves, the pedal moves as well because they're it's on a one right. fixed yeah. gear. Right. And so you've got to like. Use your legs to kind of slow but, down the but, pedal. But, I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. If you're going downhill and there's a tree in your way, you're not really going to be able to break. That's why you see people bouncing. You know, like how you see all the yeah. bike messenger kids at stop, yeah. stop like bouncing because they can't. You're not going to have holding a, their, um, the chain. You're not going to have a real way to break. Okay, this is totally a thing for a guy that's got a. Uh... And you, and all honesty, I don't see a lot of. I, I see some guys doing it, but I see it more with girls. I see a lot of girls with fixed gear bikes. Don't understand. All right, thank you, sir. Uh, yes. All right, well, that's, uh, the girls can bounce up and down their seats without getting hurt. It is true. All right. Uh, Rick, uh, about that picture on your page. Oh, yeah. If, if We'll get Ed McCarthy in a second, and then we'll continue with Tim. If ye have not gone to rickemerson.com, by popular demand, I have posted the photo of my dog sitting on Santa's lap. Uh, and this, I'm going to uh, take some Christmas pictures of my dogs pretty soon. Well, you've had your uh, McGee's picture thing with, with Satan, with Santa, yeah. haven't you? Fur <laughs> lives and was holding your dog. That would be great for the Oregon Humane Society. <laughs> Christmas pictures of Satan. <laughs> Come to Satan's workshop. It says, at least you have enough sense not to reproduce. The Emerson lameness stops here. Uh, let's see. Uh, somebody else. Uh, let's see. Somebody else weighs in about the picture of uh, Max. Says, uh, Rick. Where did this go? Uh, I've lost him. Uh, in any event, uh, let's welcome to the Rick Emerson Show, CNN Radio Correspondent, Ed McCarthy. Hello, sir. How are Hello, you? Hello, gang. How are you? Hi. What's up, Ed? Uh, oh, not much. <laughs> not much. Getting ready for the holidays. How about you? Uh, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Uh, let me ask you this, Ed. Uh, have you been asked by anybody to pray for Eric Estrada's son? I have not. Okay. Okay. I have not. Apparently, Eric Estrada is asking everybody everywhere to pray for his son, who I think got drunk and punched somebody on an airplane and was then manhandled by the FBI. So, apparently, that requires us all now to drop to one knee and to beseech our Savior <laughs> to intercede in the case of Eric Estrada's son. Make sure that kneeler is heavily padded for yes. that one, huh? Yes, indeed. So, just in case you find yourself in a few slack moments later on today, you might want to remember to, you know, to keep Eric Estrada's son in your prayers. Oh, boy. Uh, all right. What a so, world. Yes. So this, I, did they actually have you at post offices today? Because this is that day. Is it today that's the busiest day of the year? No. Monday was actually the busiest mailing day of the year. Today is the busiest delivery day of the year. See, and so this is uh, this is like one of those Harry Potter days where you see the postal workers, and they're simultaneously glad that people buy so much crap in the mail because it keeps them employed, but just 
hating their lives because they're basically carrying large sacks of lead down the street. I met, I met a happy bunch of campers today, at least the ones that were putting up their roots ready to go out. So they they were all set. They were ready to go and into the holiday spirit. And they even had a little buffet going in the back room there. So that's pretty nice. Did you know how much the average postal worker, in other words, how much do you know how much the average load of mail weighs on a week like this? Do they have any sort of figures on that, or is it just like a lot? Well, it's not like when my father used to do it, because he was a letter carrier. He used to have to throw the sack in his back and go around door to door. Now they're, you know, driving around in vehicles and, you know, going up to mailboxes. So it's a different type situation. Well, you do hear a lot of this, you know, I remember a few years ago when email was really getting traction and was ascendant. Well, you know, this email, it's going to put the post office out of business. But I think, is it true that the, the upshot of, of all of, of, of the rise of the Internet, though, is it just that people are buying more and more stuff from, from like, Amazon that's then got to be delivered by hand? Well, you know, that's part of it. But then again, we don't have any Internet figures, really, any true Internet figures this year. Uh, they were a little bit suspect on some of the numbers they came out with for that Cyber Monday. So, you know, I, I'm just seeing a lot of people physically going to the post office, and they're they're mailing. I mean, they've got an armful of stuff, and, and they're mailing it. Now, tomorrow's going to be the different situation because it's the deadline for the first-class postage. So, in other words, if you want to expect that it would get to its destination by Christmas, you better forget it. You're going to have to go... Uh, express mail route i did actually purchase and yes i will admit this a second time i did purchase a holiday gift for my dog and i bought it many weeks ago and it actually just arrived yesterday see so, you put some thought in that for your animal i like that no it's true and i paid extra for rush shipping rush in this case meaning like 20 days so it's uh yeah so if you haven't bought anything by now you are effed effed beyond belief because it's going to take you might as well at this point just even if you haven't bought it, at this point, just lie. Just blame it on ba- on, on slow shipping right now, and then just buy something when January comes around. <laughs> it's going to be late anyway, so what the heck's the difference, right? Funny, I bought it. It just hasn't come yet. Damn that U.S. Postal Service. And then you just go out and buy something on January 3rd or whatever. That's the way to do it. All right, there you go. And then you can always call and say, it's you know, cheaper to call, and then say, it's still not there? See, that's what I'm saying. You can exp- express astonishment. I, you, I am amazed that this has not been delivered. I am agog. I cannot believe that that did not get... Yet. What I am hearing. All right, Ed McCarthy, big plans for your holiday? Uh, actually, we're still working them out. It'd be nice if I could get out and do some Christmas shopping. I've, I've done none of that yet. Oh, yeah, because that'll be fun in the next few days. Hey, well, you know, it's, I've never, you know, I'm always, it seems like I don't know why it is. Could it be the job gets on the way or whatever? But I'm always the guy that's like running under the gates as they're coming down at the mall, the stores, you know? Have fun. I got one word for you flask. Here you go. All right. Ed McCarthy, enjoy the rest of your day, my friend. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Rick. There you go. CNN radio correspondent Ed McCarthy in the South. I dig that guy. Here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. So take a look at the weather out there. Heavy snow in the mountains is creating blizzard conditions. Nine inches of new snow has fallen in Timberline and Mount Hood Meadows so far today. By tomorrow morning, another 12 to 18 inches of snow is likely at those resorts. That'll give a storm total of two to three feet of new snow. That storm warning remains in effect till four o'clock this afternoon. Winds of 15 to 30 miles an hour with occasional 45 mile an hour wind gusts are expected. So this will create near whiteout conditions as snow continues to accumulate. Yes. I'm sorry, is Googling Burl Lives and Satan? Uh-huh. And I can't find anything saying or alleging that he worships Satan. We'll have to start that. Uh, we'll have to start that ourselves. Somebody post it on a blog right now. That'll hit Google. Uh-huh. But one of the results for Burl Ives and Satan 
Someone's my someone's MySpace name is the rotting corpse of Burl Ives. <laughs> I love that. I'm gonna see how many friends the rotting corpse of Burl Ives has. Genius, man. The internet is great and retarded. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, here's uh, Tim find, Riley. I found a, there are a bunch of Google things. I got. I just put Burl Ives in quotes and then Satan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I got a bunch of results, but it's all you know, like happenstance. It is no. Let's see. The rotting corpse of Burl Ives has. How many friends? Wait. 460. Wow. The Rotting Horse of Burl Ives is popular. Fantastic. All right. Uh, Jesus. Here's one of the one of the blog entries. Hanging out with Scott's corpse. All right. Here's Tim Riley. A Michigan woman who shot her husband also missed and hit and destroyed their flat screen TV. 61-year-old Cheryl Lynn Gruss told 911 operators her husband provoked her. She did what? She shoot at me. She's shooting at you? I'm not going to hurt him. May I just push me over the edge? That was all. Ma'am? Yeah. Can you tell me what happened? His daughter is dying. He has had a stroke. And he's taking it all out on me. So she shot him, but missed. And hit the flat screen TV instead. How can a guy who's had a stroke really take anything out of anybody? I don't know. All right. Okay, I just found something on Burl Ives that says, isn't that the one where when played backwards at 33 um, reps per minute, you hear subliminal devil worship messages? Uh-huh. And Damn. holly jolly Christmas. I am vindicated. Somebody please. There's, you don't hear anything backward when you play. Now I have to play holly jolly Christmas backwards. I know, and I don't know how we're going to. Uh, we need a 45. Well, we need, need, well no, if we had That's it as, a, as an MP3, if we had it as an MP3, I can play it backwards. Okay, well, find it. Find, try to find holly jolly Christmas. Well, everyone please stop what they're doing. And find Holly Jolly Christmas on MP3 so and the, send it to us backwards. So that I, well, I can play it backward if they send it to me forward. Oh, okay. If someone sends us an MP3, not that we're advocating. Well, people can do that at work because nobody's doing anything no, this week at work, really. If someone sends us Holly Jolly Christmas via MP3, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for fair use purposes, for journalistic purposes, yes, I can play it backward here. Uh, all right, here's. Don't forget the bottom of the hour, Mr. Skin. Later on, top five. Um, Jesus, what else is happening today? I, I had all the stuff I wanted to get to, and it's just lost in a sea of insanity. Uh, here's Tim Riley. So the investigation continues as to why a 44-year-old man finished off a ride at Florida's Disney World dead. They say it's not clear if the man had health problems or had something to do with his death, but it seems that this man, Reed, was still alive when a photo was taken of him riding on the ride. A picture is taken of the guest as they ride the ride. And we know 50 seconds before that, the conclusion of that ride, and this is where the, where the car stopped, that he appeared to be uh, conscious and, and awake. <laughs> so at one point on the, <laughs> so when the ride stops, he's dead, yeah. and they're trying to, and he was clearly alive, alive when he got on the ride. So they're trying to figure out at what point during this sort of roller coaster ride he died. Yes. <laughs> Here's why that's hilarious. I know that many people might not see the humor in this story. Here's here's what makes it funny is I'm picturing a series of like those splash mountain type photographs where you wave at the camera when you go by, and in the first one he's waving, and in the second one he's waving, and in the third one he's just slumped into the bar. Ugh. And they're trying to look and go, well, one of these photos must have a clue. And it's like a far side cartoon in my head where it's like. 15 photographs of people waving at the camera and that guy bleeding from the eyes and hunched over and they're sitting there going I don't know, one of these things might be a miss. That's wonderful. I love this world and everything so, in it. You know, it's kind of like a Zapruder film type of thing. It's the Zapruder film of, 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 uh, of amusement parks. 
Oh, good God. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick, what's up? Hi, what's up? How can I help you? Uh, just a thought on that bicycle, yeah. the uh, big gear bikes. Uh, you know, if they want to still look like they have sack and want to have just those fixed gear bike looks, they could just go back to the old, remember the kids' bikes, the old coaster brakes, you just pedal backwards and you could just... Stop the bike. Well, that's what I mean. Those, that actually activated the brakes. This is just Correct. actually having a bicycle with no brakes, which is just the mark of a retard. Correct. I'm it's speaking to everybody out there who has that. You're a retard if you drive. I was, out of, I was out on a delivery, and one of those guys didn't stop in time at the stop sign and got in and hit a car. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't get hurt, but it was gold. It was gold because the guy was carrying his bike with his bent wheel up the street after that. He had it coming. So, right. yep. Thank you, sir. Yeah. All right. Having this is a great email. Hi, Mr. Emerson. I'm writing to introduce you to Bikini Bloodbath, a recently released DVD. Would you be interested in giveaway copies of Bikini Bloodbath? Let me know. Best regards, Bruce Seymour, producer at Bloodbath Pictures Incorporated. And the website is bloodbathpictures.com. I think I speak for everyone when I say yes. Um, we'll have to do some paperwork on this, but I do believe a few giveaway copies of Bikini Bloodbath might be just what the audience is asking for. Uh, all right, here's Tim Riley. So the number one memorable quote of the year 2007, not that we're going to do the end of the year list thing, but try to guess. The most memorable quote of the year 2007. Is it, um, what's your name, that idiot girl from South Carolina? No. It is a phrase that swept the nation. Don't taste me, bro. Yes. Oh. Yeah. All right, fantastic. Awesome. So, yeah, he's been selected. So well, of course. Well, because everybody, uh, I had, uh, when I was having dinner with uh, my friend Nate the other day, and uh, Nate showed up. We're at my father's place, and he's got his customary, like, baseball cap, cigarette, and, like, his messenger bags. He comes from his, his you know, his job at the one of the local television stations. And he shows up wearing the Don't Taze Me Bro t-shirt. And that's a guy with his finger on the pulse. So, yes, that phrase is everywhere. God bless him. All right, here's Tim Riley, and then we'll break here in a few and come back with Mr. Skin. Oh, geez, now they're evacuating people from... Uh... Jacksonville, Florida, where that chemical plant exploded? Well, of course. And that after they found three dead people. So uh, oh. they're evacuating uh, people, and it's shaking windows, rattling doors, and there's still a thick plume of smoke over Jacksonville, Florida. Something in the smoke took John Lee, you know. The highway exits have closed, so if you're there, you're trapped there, and you can't go there if you want to. So really, it is the mist. It's just, it's just black and cancerous. Mm -hmm. God. All right. Well, another reason why it sucks to be in Florida. Jesus. Well, that whole state is like that, really. Yeah, really. I mean, who'd want to go there? whole state needs a good cleaning. All right. Uh, let's uh, take a break here. We'll come back. Mr. Skin, top five. Uh, more from Tim Riley and uh, so forth. Say so that's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere. Do what he did. There's some things you just can't put in the mind of those kids. As we celebrate mediocrity, oh, There goes the left. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. It's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Five zero three seven three three two nine seventy. Still to come, a Taser Watch. 
top five. Mr. Skin up here in just a few moments. Richie, are we calling him? Is that the deal? We're calling him. He's calling us. Something. All right. Hold on. I've dropped my pen. Uh, so that is uh, that is all coming up. Uh, and then uh, next hour, there's a couple things. All right. So um, next hour, there's a couple things I, I want to get to that have sort of been uh, stacking up. Let me just... Um, Richie, how much time do we have before he's on? I need to know what I what I can start here. In four minutes? Really? That seems odd. In three minutes. That seems oddly specific. Is there a reason why it's three minutes? Is that at his request? Has he got the? Is he otherwise occupied? Oh, actually, before we even do that, let me just. Is my is my computer up? Let me just. Uh... It's called Sex Panther. Oh, By Odeon. Before we call Mr. Skin in three minutes, let's welcome uh, Richie Bristol to the uh, to the program. Hi, Richie. Hello. All right. So we've had a couple questions for you from the audience. Just as, just a brief follow-ups to yesterday's really endless discussion of <laughs> endless discussion of your various exploits at the Swingers Club. Um, so people have asked, and this is a fair question. I can't believe we didn't think to ask this. What cologne did you wear to the Swingers Club? Oh, you know what? I've been not wearing cologne very much lately. I've cut down big time. Uh, uh, I think it was the one with the naked body one. <laughs> the one that looks like a like a shaven nude male really torso. No, that's the one you like the best. Is that the one that Sarah preferred? Yeah. All right, so that was the cologne that you actually wore. All right, and then it, I hope I can reveal this. So, so here's the thing that Richie asked me yesterday. Richie sent me this email yesterday. <laughs> Sarah, tell me what you think this means, and then uh, and then in just a second we'll get Mr. Skin on here. The I get an email from Richie yesterday saying, "Hey Rick, so." And then it's in quotes, as a joke, what would you think about me setting up an AM970 Swingers MySpace page? Are you kidding me? Uh, don't look at me. No, I'm not the one that group. said it. Like a, like a group. No, that can be a Richie Bristol group. You can use the I think it station. is a Richie Bristol group. Yeah. Solid State Swingers. Uh-huh. Sweetie, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I understand that you're like trying to con people into going there and having sex with you, but don't drag us all down So with you. I was actually just going to say, so does that sound like a joke to you, Sarah? No. Does that sound like a you joke? You know it's that... not a joke because that's where he went to find this lovely ladies who went and fornicated. The with lovely, him. the lovely Greshamites with whom he had sexual congress. So, it, you can be honest. This was really just an attempt to find uh, sluts from the audience to have sex with. No. It was, oh please. It was Why did you be honest? This is, you just ready to lie like that. I don't need that to find him. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, Playa. I didn't mean to. Didn't mean to step on your style. Did you take down all those angels PDX things in the about me section yet? Either. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Because right. I love you, and I understand this is your interest, but I mean, but the way that you're taking this, you're making it seem like this is all we do. We have a lot more focal points besides... We're not all about swinging, Richie. I will, however, allow you to change uh, to change the 970 profile to list us as being swingers, as opposed to, you know, straight or gay oh, or whatever. Oh, you did. Well, actually, no, that's the way it was when I got here. <laughs> really? Yeah. Did Sarah, did you do that? I think we're always swingers. I think we might have set that as swingers just to be kooky, uh, like a long time ago. Fantastic. All right. Richie, did you change yours to swinger? No. I'm oh, not. you really? Your personal profile doesn't say swinger. No. But it should, don't you think? You no. are a swinger, as in to swing. I don't know what the true definition of swingers is. Is it both ways? You went to a swingers club with some chicks you don't know that you met on MySpace, and had sex using various types of fruit and restraints. Yeah, but real swingers like don't they go both ways? No, I think that's that's bisexuals. That's to yeah, be that's, that's to be gay or bisexual. Like everybody and anything. 
All right. This is like the most low-rent Dr. Drew thing happening right now. All right. Can we get Mr. Skin, please? Sure. All right. And you got a little food on your face, sir. Oh, I know. It's a, I put on lip gloss and I'm eating a You sandwich. put it there intentionally. It's like a beauty mark, but made out of cheese. Is it right there? Uh-huh. I get gone. it? Yeah. That's gone. Dude, Richie is totally trying to use the station. Yeah, do you think? Uh, we'll have the Burl Ives thing here. I'm kind of it a little bit, though, because as hysterical as this is, I really don't want to be known as a swinger station. Are you, are you on the same wavelength as I am? Oh, no. That's why That's why when he said, hey, can I create this swingers group for the station? I just said, you know, no, I don't think so. So I Yeah, because we've gone down the whole, like, <laughs> porn station thing before. Yes, and yes just, we have. I don't, wish not, be, I don't wish to be known as the station that is, you know, en masse hanging out at the swingers club and buggering whatever happens to walk by. each their own, but... <laughs> no, it's, we're not prudes, as will be evidenced by this. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from MrSkin.com, our good friend Mr. Skin. Hello, sir. How are you? Hello, Rick. How are you doing? I am fantastic. Happy holidays uh, to you and your entire... <laughs> your, I was gonna <laughs> All say your my fa- skin turns? Ah, there you go. That's what it was. I couldn't <laughs> think of exactly what the phrase was. So, is this... Now, is this a busy time for you guys? Because it's like it's the holiday season. Everybody's out there buying DVDs. Is this... Does it, your traffic or whatever go up during the holidays? Yeah, we always do well around this time because a lot of people are, you know, off of work, have more time to look at nudity. There's guys... Uh, there's a lot of year-end lists. We, you know, when I talked to you last week, I was talking about the best nude scenes of the year, so people want to see that. We have, uh, you know, a lot of the wrap-up-the-year stuff, which gets a lot of traffic. But uh, uh, any, no matter how you slice it, the fall and winter is always a better season for us than the summer because in the summer people are actually outside uh, away from their computers. Well, so what is, uh, what's up in the world of Mr. Skin right now? Well, I wanted to talk a little. We did a, a feature at the site of our uh, best in boob tube for 2007. In other words, the, the best in TV nudity. And it, it's really interesting. I get asked a lot about what is it, uh, when you look at movies today, what do you see compared to, say, the 80s and 90s? Is there as much nudity in the movies? And realistically, no, the the you know the teen sex comedies from the 80s the the uh, all the stuff in the last uh 15 or 20 years there there's probably more nudity than there is today except in one area and that's television in the last um couple of years there's been more and more cable tv shows that are showing nudity and not just nudity i'm talking stuff that would be nc17 rated if it was in a in a theater this is like uh, a l word stuff l word is a great example it's a uh, a show from showtime you probably don't even need the sound on but every week there's a uh, uh, hot uh, hotter hotter girls getting naked it's all girl girl action and uh that's a perfect example of a of a tv show with great nudity and and l word would be one of the great ones from this year. Another uh, new one is Californication from Showtime also with David Duchovny. Uh, I think in the first four episodes of 07, they had nine different girls naked, including uh, Paula Marshall, uh, Rachel Miner, who's married to Macaulay Culkin, and um, uh, Madeline Zima, who people might remember is uh, uh, played Grace Sheffield on The Nanny. And uh, she was one of the kids on the nanny. So uh, Californication is a great one. But I think the one that is really exemplifies everything about what I'm talking about with great nudity on TV is Tell Me You Love Me, that show on HBO. Now, is this the one that got a controversy because there was, uh, was purportedly yeah, so a some... sex act showed all the way right, through? They did in, the, in one of the first episodes. Uh, Sonia Walger uh, uh, performed an act that you would probably only see in a porno movie, not in a uh, in a TV show. And it's very controversial because every week it's very graphic sex. I mean, you, you can't tell that they're actually having sex, but boy, it sure looks like they're having sex. And the camera 
lingers. It, it doesn't. It's not a quick flash and cut away. I mean, you're talking three or four minute sex scenes that go on and on, and it's just it's just stuff you're not used to seeing in movies, let alone uh, on television. And Tell Me You Love Me is is one of those shows that a lot of people are talking about and know about because of all the nudity. Trust me, it's not because. It's such a compelling... <laughs> yeah, I, I heard the show itself is kind of tedious, actually. A little bit, but they, they just put in some great nudity. And some of the girls, I mean, people might remember Allie Walker from uh, The Profiler. She was uh, uh, on, the, on that TV show. It was aired in, like from 96 to 99, and uh, she was a big TV star, and she's one of the girls doing some great nudity on this HBO show. So basically what I uh, really wanted to point out is that it, it's, it was a, a good year for movie nudity, but it's become an exceptional year for TV nudity. And some of the best nude scenes of 07 are coming from television shows, not necessarily movies. Excellent. All right. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Uh, are we going to be talking to you? Is it the new year? Are you going to be off for a while? Yeah, I think we're off until we'll, we'll kick it off again in uh, 08, right after the nude year. So we'll be ready to go. All right, my friend. It's a pleasure. Have a great holiday season, my friend. Thank you, Rick. There you Take go. Care. Mr. Skin, ladies and gentlemen. God bless him. That guy is just so unbelievably sleazy, it just sort of becomes great again. Oh, yeah. you got to love him. All right. Uh, Tim, have you news? Uh, yes. Yes, I do. Here's the thing. I have the Burr Alive song. i got to run upstairs for a second. Now, would you, would you just like sort of... I have another Christmas song I can play while you're gone. Would you like to amuse the people for a moment while I get this ready? Sure. sure. Is it something terrible? I have more Mannheim steamroller. No, it might be terrible to you, but I think it's really wonderful. All right. I like what I'm hearing. Willow, let me leave the room. What is this? It's the Wilson sisters, Carney and Wendy Wilson. Oh, yeah. Hey, i got to leave the room. I'm waiting for him, but he's nowhere inside. And I reported that you can hear something backward in Holly know, Jolly already... Christmas? It wasn't me. Sarah? Let's see. I'm going back to the website. Oh, no. Now I lost They it. reported that there was some sort of message from Satan? Yes. In the... Okay, let me it's play this back. All right, here we go. Sounds evil already. Ladies and gentlemen, Holly Jolly Christmas. Uh, 
I think it's in Hebrew. If you play this backwards, Burl Hives is Jewish. <laughs> okay, I have to say, this is really kind of freaky, actually. Yeah, I like it. I don't know that I it hear anything like about... He's actually saying words. It, and, and it sounds like he's staring at you with glowing red hypnotoad eyes. Well, he's trying to communicate with how long can I do this before we go turn off the radio? Well, the song's only like two minutes. Ooh, here's a message there. Here it comes. The end. Oh. Did you stop it? I didn't know it. Uh, I played the entire thing that they gave me. Well, I'm disappointed. I heard no message to Satan. Maybe you weren't listening hard I enough. I bet if we gave it to Clyde, he could find it. Yeah, I suppose. Well, let me file this away then. All right, ladies and... Oh, oh, before we do, do that, I have one more thing, and then we'll, do, then we'll go to the news. I do have this, though. Uh, let's see. Somebody sent this to me. Uh, it's been a while since we've done a uh, worst song you've ever heard. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is... Well, I'm not even going to introduce it. You'll figure out what it is. Uh, somebody sent this to me. I, I, I forget her name. I think it was Terry was her name. She sent this to us. Uh, this is another exciting installment of a Christmas version of It's the Worst Song You've Ever Heard. I, I think this is what happens with someone when infected with the rage virus. Gets a hold of a guitar. It's the George Romero mix. This is like the sound of both man and machine breaking down in front of our ears. Do you suppose this increases or decreases our listenership? <laughs> I can feel the cue building right now. <laughs> Don't you want to slip this into the couple library secretly? Yeah. Or unmoving? Just put this right between Wham and Mariah Carey. I think it'd be better off at Target. It's like the moments of lucidity that make it terrifying, though. How did they play this at the Lloyd Center? <laughs> right where they're trying to ice skate. Yeah. They should blare this while children are in line to talk to Santa. And then flash the lights really fast. And then just stare.
a story behind this song. <laughs> <laughs> it does sort of, it sort of defies description. Jesus, what a weird world we live in. They're alive. Four members of a California family missing in the snowy mountains of Northern California have been found. They're alive. Tell me they had to eat a weaker member. They were found lying in the manger. Uh, they're said to be suffering from uh, hypothermia. <laughs> the family went into the woods Sunday to look for a Christmas tree. They went too far, as a matter of fact. Uh, so they were found uh, east of Chico, California. Oh, Chico's a bad place. Yep. I almost oh. took a job there one time. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I'm glad you didn't. Well, it's disappointing to some that the big storm hasn't arrived yet, but they say uh, it's coming. Cold weather is slowly moving its way up the Willamette Valley. According to the National Weather Service, it's going to hit later today and tonight, lightening the Cascades in southern Washington, northern Oregon, with snow. 8 to 10 inches is, is expected, and the snow line will be at 1,500 feet. It's going to be very windy, too. Very windy, indeed. This, from the Spears camp. Jamie Lynn's parents adore the father-to-be, Casey Aldridge. I'm sure they do. Casey Aldridge has been close to the Spears family. <laughs> Certain members. As both a hometown boy dating youngest daughter, Jamie Lynn, and as a buffer standing between the teenage actors and the pressures of Hollywood. He's taking, ama- he's taking amazing care of Jamie Lynn. <laughs> Especially of her vagina. <laughs> Since she was 13. <laughs> Anything that ever went wrong, he always comforted her. He took very good care of her. With his penis. Let me comfort you with my sperm. Both Jamie Lynn and her mother say that Aldrich is the father of the uh, 16-year-old how Zoe s- Star's baby. How sad that they have to confirm that. Aldrich is believed to be 18, possibly 19. He's uh, staying largely out of the Hollywood scene, only occasionally accompanying uh, Jamie Lee to Hollywood events. The other times are spent quietly at home. He grew up in Liberty, Mississippi, about 30 miles from the Spears' home base of Kentwood, Louisiana. He played high school baseball and football. He's listed in the sports directory as a lean six foot one, 165 pounds. Recently, he's lived in Southern California and has been a fixture at the condo where Jamie Lynn and her mother Lynn stay while she's filming the Nickelodeon series Zoe 101. Aldrich uh, drove her to a Valencia set near Los Angeles every day and stayed there while she worked, impressing her mother. Impressing uh, the daughter. Uh, Jamie talks about how he really likes, uh, she really likes Casey and he's a great guy, says the Spears family force. Lynn likes him too. He's a great kid. Cares a lot about Jamie Lynn. They both adore Casey. Yes, he'll be a good father. I'm sure it was a shock to him, says sources. Uh-huh. That poor young man, he has all sorts of plans in his future. He wants to start his own business, maybe get a degree and make something of himself. A source says Aldrich will take responsibility for his actions. Yes, he's a stand-up guy, and he will take care of the baby. He is not the type to let her deal with it on her own. He will be there any way he can. I know a baby wasn't in his plans right now, but he'll do what he has to do, and he'll be a good father. He really will. It's like I can just smell the first two hours of Like Us' show already just done for him. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, Rick Emerson. Hello. Hey, best week ever. Thank you. Anyway, you might remember me from uh, Night of the Living Dead. I uh, dropped a little thing off for with Dave Zinn that you might want to put into your uh, Christmas music program. Uh, what is that, I sir? I, well, I dropped him off a CD of uh, the Pirate Christmas Shanty of the Bells. Ah, okay. I will. Uh, I, I got a bunch of stuff dropped off this week, but I will. Uh, I will endeavor yeah. to locate that, sir. 
Yeah. Hey, uh, and just to let you know, um, things are going great with uh, the pirate thing, and I want to let you know you're having the best week ever. Thank you, sir. There you go. Thank you. All right. Uh Uh-huh. You know, there's a lot of weirdness out there today. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, I need to put a... uh, what do you call them? A pool. A pool together on the length of time it's going to take for uh, K-Fed to have his attorneys at Mark Kaplan uh, go after uh, Jamie Lynn for child support. And uh, uh, secondly, you yeah. know that the uh, the worst song, uh, the guy, the uh, the grunting. First of all, that wasn't worse. That was the best freaking thing I've ever heard. <laughs> the, and, uh, the Santa Claus is coming to town thing. We were. Wait, hold on. Let me just. Uh... No, 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 <laughs> The, the guy with the, the grunting, the thing that didn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did, did you see the movie uh, Ice uh, Iceman, uh, 1983-ish, uh, Timothy Hutton, John Lone? No, no, I did not. Ah, crap. See, that's a that's a good reference because I was going to say it sounded like the Iceman dude, which was a, uh, a defrosted uh, cave guy, and his name was Charlie, played by John Lone. Excellent movie. you got to see it. And uh, that's all I got. All right. Thank you, sir. the unnerving way he rolls his R's occasionally. Here's Tim Riley. Maybe it's Eastern European or something. It's possible. Like the Bella Lugosi of the Christmas Eve. <laughs> Karloff. Sidekick. Oh, by the way, uh, speaking of that, which is speaking of Tim Burton, so Aaron Duran went to see Sweeney Todd. Uh, and I won't give away Scott Daly's and? review of it because Scott Daly will be in on Friday. Uh, Aaron gives a strong thumbs up. Said not perfect. Uh, not Burton's best film, which, of course, remains Ed Wood. But he said it's very strong. Depp is great. He said Helena Bonham Carter has never been uh, hotter ever. Uh, and it's very good. Uh, he said it's not a perfect film, but it's very good. And that Tim Burton and Johnny Depp were the perfect duo to make the film. Good, good. So there you go. Nothing. No, it's a solid hit, apparently. Uh, here's Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Time for the Taser Watch. Fantastic. Here's uh, your Taser Watch for Wednesday. Are the Ringgivers ready to go? Yeah. Investigation is underway into police conduct after an innocent man claims he was stunned by a taser gun eight times. I'm not sure where this comes. Oh, this comes to us from the UK. Uh, they're looking into the claims made by 45-year-old Daniel Sylvester. So it's really 16 times. Yes. As part of an operation called automatic number plate recognition, Mr. Sylvester's car was stopped by uh, stopped by the police on a firearms-related intelligence report. When he got out of the vehicle, he was tasered once, according to the police. Nothing was recovered in the search of the vehicle. Mr. Sylvester Hour claims he was stunned in the head with the taser repeatedly caused excruciating pain. The use of taser guns by police across London was increased to non-firearms officers on the trial period this month, but concerns remain over the use of the equipment, which is meant to incapacitate suspects with a 50,000-volt shock. Now, is it true that cops in London still don't carry guns? They didn't used to. Because that was the deal. For the longest time, they never carried guns. I right. mean, up through the 80s, they still didn't carry guns. Mm-hmm. So this is, I mean, but if you had a taser, I mean, if you have a gun, if a cop is given a gun, you automatically, sort of super bad style, just want to take it and just sort of shoot everything in sight. Mm-hmm. But you can't really do that. But it seems like if you have a taser, 
Yeah, it's sort of a middle ground, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's better than a baton, not quite as cool as a gun, but I mean, it's you know, it's a, it's a way to sort of you know try out the equipment without really killing anybody, you know, at least you know not intentionally. So, so you know, it seems like you know if I had a taser, I would probably be itching to use it as well. It's having a bit of fun, of course. You know, who can blame them for that? There's your taser watch uh, for Wednesday. Excellent. Let's do one more and then we'll break here and try to come back on time. British Airways has suspended a cabin crew steward for eating a muffin that was discarded on a passenger's meal tray. They're treating the incident as a theft. The man's colleagues are furious with the decision, branding the airline heavy-handed and accusing them of acting like a police state. One says the cabin crew member was on a long-haul flight and took a muffin destined for the trash bin. Now his career hangs in the lurch. Everyone is up in arms and it is a disgusting way to treat a member of the staff. The move to suspend the worker comes after another flight attendant said uh, she could not wear a crucifix to work and is apparently uh, considering legal action. A spokesman for the company says one member of the cabin crew has been suspended on suspicion of theft. All other incidents are extremely rare. We take all allegations of theft extremely seriously. Uh, British Airways appears to have made a U-turn today denying that the steward was suspended because he ate a leftover muffin. It is half-baked. To suggest we are send, uh, suspending someone over a muffin, it would be inappropriate to comment further at this stage. Well, all right, there you go. Let's take a break here. Uh, we will return. More from Tim Riley in the next hour with the top five. Uh, then we have a Darwin watch coming up and uh, so forth. All right. Uh, so, oh, and I have a complete list of the performers who appeared on Do They Know It's Christmas. So we'll go over that because that'll be fun. That won't be excruciatingly dull for everybody who's not us. Uh, stay there. It's the Rick Emerson radio program. Don't go anywhere.
Emerson Show presents a live radio play as part of our uh, holiday extravaganza happening all day uh, this Friday, two days from today. Uh, so Friday, circle it on your calendar. Uh, the guys from Nickel Arcade will be in the studio. Uh, Dave Lee, former Nordstrom pianist and all-around great guy. Uh, Storm Large will be in the studio. Uh, we'll have uh, some performances of your holiday favorites. And, of course, the whole show climaxes with a live production of a radio play put on and produced by the Rick Emerson cast and, and just, crew. Yeah, it's just not us. I mean, there are a lot of people in the play. Like, you should be saying that because you said the band, but we also have a lot of special guests who are in it. That's true. I mean, I... I like, I don't want to give anything away, but there are many people who are not us who are going to be crammed in the studio with I, us. I'm trying to think of the, the number of people. So there's, uh, obviously, uh, I'm not giving anything away, Tim, Sarah, myself. I would say there's probably, I would say there's probably 14 different people Yeah. in this radio play. I mean, it's a big production. So uh, there's going to be you know some music, sound effects, everything. So uh, it's like the uh, like the men of old and the days of yore. So uh, that is coming up uh, two days from today. Our holiday extravaganza featuring a live radio play. So tell your friends, as they say. Uh, okay, I got the best thing. Somebody sent this to me. So this is a whole. We were just talking about uh, Britney Spears, and then we were talking about Burrow Lives having backward satanic messages in Holly Jolly Christmas. So now I have this. This is fantastic. These are backward messages hidden in Britney Spears songs. Oh, awesome! So, see, I knew you. I knew you. Now, I'm gonna. Here's the thing. I'm not gonna give you. I'm gonna ask you if you can tell what it's supposed to say. Okay. So I will play it forward, and we'll see if um if you know what it's supposed to be. Wait. Then we'll play it backward. Wait, I'm supposed to guess what it's supposed to say backward by listening to it forward. Right, you're right. That doesn't make, that any, doesn't sense. make any sense. No, you're right. So, okay, let me do this again. Let me play it forward. Then I will play it backward. And see if you can guess what it supposedly says. Okay. So here it is, forward. So that's a forward. Okay. All right, so there you go. So I'm going to play that same clip backward. Uh, and we have not altered these in any way. They're just backward. Uh, see if you can guess what it supposedly says here. Okay. 
Sleep with me, I'm not too young. Oh, that's that freaky. That yes, that's okay. totally. Yeah. Sleep with me, I'm not too young. Oh, that's messed up. Okay, that's unnerving that you just immediately no, spotted that well, too. Well, it sounded like it. Okay, that's creepy. It's oh, creepy that it's... Britney Spears, I know that came out when she was like 16-ish. And totally. And it had something to do with her age. Yeah, supposedly says, sleep with me, I'm not too young. Let's play it again. I hear sleep. I didn't hear the me very much, but I kind of put the me because it sounds like sleep with, I'm not too young. Yeah. All right, here's another one. So I'll play it uh, forward. So here it is, forward. And all right, so okay. here's that same little uh, fragment of a song, backward. I'm a slut? Yes. <laughs> is that really what it you're is? Like, you're batting a thousand here. It supposedly says, I am a slut. Let's hear it again. <laughs> you know, what's weird is I, I swear don't, I haven't heard these. I don't even really hear it. But the weird thing is that you heard it, and that's exactly what it I purportedly really thought that that would not be it. Well, now it's, let's play it one more time. <laughs> Supposedly, is I'm a slut. I think I need to um, work wherever those people are. Really? All right. Let's see here. Is um, there another one? Uh, I think I don't think we have any more Britney ones. Um, some of these are actually it, the, the 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 legality of this is really weird, actually, because I think I asked Bruce Aguilar this at one point. If if I according to the FCC, if I could play a song backward. If, when played backward, it created a sound, in other words, if it supposedly revealed profanity when played backward, even if it was totally fake. Just like how, in different languages, like if you play something in German, but it's a swear word, right. but nobody knows. But if I play a song backward, and it supposedly says, like, mother effer, or something, if it doesn't, but if people go, if you play the backwards, it says mother effer, and you play it backward, then, like, is that a thing that will raise the ire of the FCC? I think anything raises the ire of the FCC. All right, so I'm going to play you. Here's a song forward, and then we'll play it backwards. So this is, uh, let's see. Mm. Oh, I guess this one actually, hold on a second. It's, uh, wait one second here. Mm-hmm. So this is, all right. That is the Backstreet Boys. Okay. Okay, so now we are going to play the Backstreet Boys song backward. And you, Sarah Dillon, who are astonishingly good at this, guess what it says. Oh. Oh, damn, that's me. I'm sorry, I hit the wrong one. Uh, okay, so here's that Let's Get Started uh, okay. played backward. Okay, now how can you not hear this when I hear this one? All right, say it, do it again. I have no idea. Oh, my God. How do you hear the <laughs> slut one? Maybe it's just Britney Spears-centered because she's been such a big part of my life. All right. Uh, how sad. Um, <laughs> well, come on. All right. She's been uh, a big part hey, of all of our lives. Richie, what is it we have to do? we have something to give away right now? Don't we ever, I know we're not starting the Kissology thing, I think, until tomorrow. Do we have a giveaway item of some kind? It really is. It really is tempting to give something away to the first Wait, caller who can correctly identify this. Well, see now you can't guess. Now, now you can't. You, yes, you because can't I know it, so I, I just won't guess. All right. So, I don't know. All right, you don't. All right. No. Um. All right. So, what do we have to give away, Richard? Pirates of the Caribbean three. Pirates of the Caribbean three. Who doesn't want that? Ooh. All right. So, uh, we will take the first caller who can correctly identify what the Backstreet Boys are allegedly saying in that clip. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. 503 
733-2970. And I'm, uh, I'm not going to give away the website because I want everybody to flood it right now. But I, we will go with the website's interpretation of what this song uh, supposedly says. So, again, I'm going to play it forward one more time. And then we'll play it backward again. And uh, the winner will get a copy of Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. All right, so there it is, forward. Here it is, backward. All right. Uh, you want a copy of Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End? It's the best pirates yet. Epic and amazing. Raves Mark S. Allen, CBS, CWTV, whatever that is. From Walt Disney Studios Home Entertainment, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Two-disc, high-def, Blu-ray, something or other. All right. Uh, Richie, I'm just going to take a random caller here. Okay, I'm closing, Very random. closing my eyes. I'm taking a random caller. Hi, uh, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, hey, do, do, do you know what the Backstreet Boys are saying in this clip? Hold on. I believe I do. Yes, what is it, sir? I love Satan. Well done. Well, let's hear it one more time. There you go. Yes, congratulations. See, everybody. I still don't hear it. So you got some weird Satan filter where you can hear things about being a slut, but not about Satan. Hey, uh, hey, Rick. Yeah. Have you ever heard? Uh, I think it's uh, another one bites the dust. Oh, the, the marijuana thing. Yes. Yeah, we've got that one here. I'll play that one in just a second. Uh, what right. is your name, sir? Scott. I'm going to put you on hold. You want a copy of Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, the two-disc DVD filled with uh, musty deleted scenes, bloopers, and more. Just uh, what I always wanted. <laughs> okay. Thanks. <laughs> well, you can give it to. It's wrapped. You can give it to somebody else. Uh -huh. All right. Hold on. Put you on hold. There you go, Richie. If you can. Uh, you can do I love Satan. Mm. I still can't even well, hear it. Let's let's play it again. I don't know how you don't hear that. I don't hear that. Okay, that's. I mean, weird. now I, I mean I can see how it's kind of like that. All right. Uh, do you have another one? Do you have another split? I wonder if we should try to do one more here with another listener. Let's see here. Hold on. I'm trying to find one that's not because uh, some of these. It's like the backward thing is supposedly profane, which means that I can't actually couldn't reveal if somebody was correct about it. Yeah, and you know what Aaron Geek in the City just wrote me said, also supposed profanity found in backwards messages would not get you in trouble because the FCC and Congress went on record to state there's no such thing as backward messages. Oh, really? Is that true? Oh, look at It's Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Um, let's see here. As such, um, a, to find or penalize a radio station for profanity in backwards messages would force the government to confirm the existence of said backwards messages. Hey, I never thought about that. Way to go. Look at you. All right. I'm going to get the man off our back. Uh, all right. I'm going to, I'll just play a classic one here. Um, this one, okay. So I'll play a little bit of this forward. Have we forward. heard this one? Uh, well, you know the song. So that's uh, Led Zeppelin, obviously, Stairway to Heaven. All right. So here we go. Here it is reversed. So that is, uh, do you have any guess? Something awaits you? No, you're terrible at any of these. <laughs> yeah, classic rock is... Is another Satan one? I'm not saying. Okay. All right, we'll take another random call here. And if you are correct, you want a copy of Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Uh, random caller, hi. I'm going to play this one more time. Uh, and then you'll have a guess as to what this song purportedly says backward. Here we go. All right. Do you know what the song purportedly is saying? There's no caller there. Fantastic. <laughs> well done, Rick Should Emerson. Someone talk before you. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Hi. 
I'm fantastic. All right. I is someone on this telephone line. Yes, there is someone, but unfortunately, I have no idea what he well, said there. Well, lucky you, I'm going to play it again, sir. And if uh, you're correct, you get a copy of Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, the two-disc high-def Blu-ray featuring uh, exhaustive features and DVDs and the bonuses and whatever. All right, here we go. Here's uh, one more time, sir. Any guess? Something like I lie awake or something? No, so it's close to what Sarah guessed. No, uh, sorry, uh, the, the correct answer would be the judges would have accepted... Because I live with Satan. Let's oh, play. I put these stupid Satan backwards. Play I didn't hear Satan. Oh, I did think the Bad Street Boys one, though. Yes. Was, uh, and I date men or something like that? No. It, it, it definitely sounded a little bit more like that than Here's, Satan. Let's listen I, to this now as it purportedly says, Because I live with Satan. Yeah, there you go. So, yeah. All right, thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, there you go. All right, well, uh, we'll give the rest of these DVDs away another day. Um, well, let me look through some more of these. Um, because I, I can already sense that no, I can already sense that beyond uh, the Backstreet Boys one, none of these are going to be gotten by anybody. Let's see. Okay, there's here's any number of Queen songs which supposedly are about marijuana. 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 Uh, all right. So I will play this. This is another one bites the dust. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Another one bites the dust. That was the, the number dust. one song on my birthday. Forward. When I was born. One bites the dust. Another one bites the dust. Hey. Ow! Another one bites the dust. All right. One more time. Forward. All right, so play this backward. Purportedly, this says what, Sarah Dillon? Satan helps no one. <laughs> I like your confusion. Now I'm trying to put Satan in there. I don't hear him. Satan, is there anything he can't do? I'm a slut. <laughs> Got nothing. Nothing? Oh, it's supposed to be about marijuana. Tim, have you been listening to this bit? I didn't hear this one, no. All right, I'm going to play this. Tim, what do you suppose this song is purported to say backward? Do it one more time. It sounds profane. It sounds profane. That's what I'm thinking. I'm not hearing profanity. I am. What profanity are you hearing? Write it down. Play that one more time. I still am sketchy about the uh, about this business of playing profanity backward. That's how gun shy the FCC is, made everybody. Okay, because what you're hearing is not what the song purportedly even says. I totally hear that. Yeah, Tim just wrote what I. I All right, wait, Tim. Tim, did you write? Please, the um, Tim wrote. It's, I hear, I, Tim wrote one letter with three asterisks. I know, he's very cute. You are fantastic, Tim. All right, no, I heard something, something that... Mm, what? That's exactly right. Well, go ahead and, I, go ahead and say, because it doesn't... No, I mean, it doesn't no, 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 but I mean, you know, say a radio, say a no, radio friendly version. No, that's the only clear word that I could... Well, the only you word hear the that F can, word? Yes. yes. All right, well, Clearly. first of all, the F word isn't there, because there is no backward message. I something the blank... F, the F word? Yeah. So you're something hearing the F, something the like. F, whatever. Well, that's not even what the song... Uh, let, even if there is a backward message, it's not that. Hold on. I don't hear the F word at all. I totally hear it. Tim is now uh, detailing the profanity. That is exactly what I hear. Hold on. Tim is writing down what he believes he hears. That is exactly what is in my head. Is that the what the F, no one? That's exactly... I don't hear it. No, no, no. I do not hear that. Okay, here's what it supposedly says. 
It says, it's fun to smoke marijuana. That is not what yeah, that, that says. Is not. It's not. I don't you hear it's fun to smoke marijuana? No, I think you're just hearing. I think that your perspective is skewed because you can see what it says before you. Oh, hear. this is like when someone tells you what a Rorschach is. Uh-huh. Look at, see a chair. And then you see a chair. I totally hear it's fun to smoke marijuana. It does not sound you like that You know what this is? This is like that thing where you look and see two women kissing and I see a thin white vase. <laughs> I think it would be vice versa. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, let's do one more queen one here. Uh, and then we'll uh, and then we'll take a break. Come back with Tim Riley, who is preparing news for us. Yes? Yes, yes. How exciting. All right. Here's another queen one. So this is the uh, same song, by the way. That just sounds evil forward. <laughs> I don't even know what he's saying he there. I'm not adopted. <laughs> like Jane. <laughs> Secret forward message. I'm not adopted. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay, that's fantastic. What the f is he saying? Oh no. <laughs> uh, no, okay, now I have to figure what the hell he's saying. With, uh, hey, Jim! Come here. Big Jim. Hey, can we, uh, are you, do you have ten seconds? Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, our good friend Big Jim from the Marconi Show. Hello, sir. How are you? Um, okay, I'm going to play you. This is unaltered. It's just been excerpted out. I'm going to play you a little uh, bit of another one, Bites the Dust by Queen. Forward, not altered in any way. Just edited. Classic. Please tell me, at the end of this, what he says. Okay. I'm not adopted. See, that's exactly <laughs> that's what I heard. It sounds just like it, yeah. the hell is... Let's do it one more time here. It's okay. It's Freddie Mercury. The man can get away with saying anything. Oh no! I believe me. I understand. He can make it all work. Yeah. Honestly, that that sounds exactly okay. Uh, take it. You're not adopted. Okay. That's that's pretty much him just having it out with his kids. <laughs> I okay. In my humble opinion, I don't know. I don't know that that the theory has any number of holes in it, but <laughs> that's okay. All right. Thank you, sir. No problem. There you go. To help. Nah, big Jim for the Marconi show. All right. All right, we'll be back after this. Oh, we'll play it backward when we get back, and then we'll have the news of Tim Riley. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show. Jesus. This is like everything kink plays between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. <laughs> All right. You need, you need that smoky voice. What is this supposed to be? Here's why it was going to be funny in theory. Because Tim was joking about how that time you played Jingle Bells over and over again for a yeah. whole shift. So this is the Mannheim Steamroller Jingle Bells. Except I thought it would be really up-tempo and retarded. And instead it's just sort of dull. It's just retarded. But... Well, you try. 
And that's all you can do, Rick Emerson. Who like, wants to hear the like moves on? Who wants to hear the kids' bop Christmas? Oh, I don't know. I might have something better. Do we have Christmas in the world? Where's Sanjaya? Tim, do you trust me? Where's Sanjaya? Ho, ho, ho! Oh, really? Oh, little train. My little elf. Another great Christmas. Ah, man. Is this, in fact, Sanjaya? Same thing every year. So let's have a funky Christmas. Oh, God. Oh, no, my God. I know this song. Uh Uh-huh. This is NKOTB on KCMZ. Is this Funky Funky Christmas? It sure yeah. is. Yeah, that's great. Nobody oh, plays this anymore. I bought this like the day it came out. And this one's for the children. It's on the album, too. I have that, I have that 45. That's a good song. And it has Jordan on the piano but in front of that, like, blue sky. Sarah's mouthing every single word. Okay, I think I have something worse. I mean, better. Wait, hold on. And then we'll go to the news. Wait. Let me roll this out see if this will uh, play for us. All right, Sarah, here we go. All right, I'm ready. All right. Mm-hmm. Boy, the Internet is really excruciating with something. Well, this is this purports... No, this is entirely the wrong song. Oh, that's too bad. Let's do it. Damn it. I have to re it. All right, here we go. You're cutting off my new kids and so early. Yes, I know, I know. It's an irreplaceable opportunity. Oh, no. no, wait for it. It's Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. Sung by children. I think I hear some Dr. Elmo in there. Dr. Elmo is everywhere. Did sir. you get that pissed off email from his publicist? No. She's been drinking too much. My, what she was like, they, they he did not appreciate being made the object of fun. Yeah, well, except for uh, she was more passive-aggressive in that way. She's like, we just want to thank you for the most wonderful interview you've ever had with Dr. Elmo. We've heard Rick Emerson's interviews before, and they're usually crap, but this was the best one ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, who can, who can dispute that? It was genius. I'm like, what, what can we say? Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. It's the latest casualty of the writer's strike. The People's Choice Awards have been canceled. That means a bigger bigger audience for the Glorious Bastards Awards, which is still being held. Indeed. Uh, Jamie Lynn Spears and her boyfriend, Casey Aldridge, want to get married really bad, say a close source to the uh, Spears family. The source adds that Jamie Lynn and Casey's parents don't think they should. They're too young, they say. They should wait. Oh, Not too young. Jesus God. Not too young to fornicate, though. And, and they have, and have a, a child baby. into the world. Seriously, not too young to be a mother, apparently. Well, you know, our Savior's mother. Is she going to keep it or is she giving up for adoption? Well, there are allegations that Jamie Lynn has, quote, the mind of a teenager, unquote. She doesn't understand. <laughs> She's 16. She's just a child wouldn't without it, a lick of sense. There's no reasoning with her. There's a movie be, with Kirsten Dunst in it called 15 and Pregnant. Wouldn't it be physically impossible for her to not have the mind of a teenager unless she had actually literally had a brain from someone older put into her head? Well, as to whether an abortion is ever an issue, the source vaguely said there are external sources who are pushing for it. Really? Yeah, but the, that's what it says here. <laughs> but the Zoe have on the one star won't consider it at all. The family said no. No, of course, because they're Christians. She's now 12 weeks pregnant, which really means 24. But her pregnancy has been kept a secret. Well, she's 12 weeks pregnant. She can't have an abortion. Oh, mm-hmm. wait. No, no, no. It's Wait, is it into the third or after the third? I when think it's... It? 
Into the third? I'm a man, so I don't know these things. I know. She's pretty far. I mean, she's further along than she's yeah. saying. Brittany is neither upset nor excited. Brittany doesn't have the capacity <laughs> to feel either way. Brittany is soulless and an automaton without emotions. In addition to Lynn Spears' uh, book on womanhood, or motherhood, or whatever it is, which Who? is currently on hold, the source said that the Spears matriarch a few years ago had quietly written a series of children's books. <laughs> but now she's scrapped those plans. Kid, you'll be a bastard soon. Uh, Jamie Lynn's father is reportedly also speaking out about his daughter's pregnancy. He is reportedly furious with his daughter and his ex-wife for selling the pregnancy story to OK Magazine. He put his foot down and refused to take any money or profit from his children. Lemonade of the lemon. Lynn doesn't care. He is extremely depressed and feels that Jamie Lynn ruined her life, which is probably true. Uh, the morning talk show is also chiming in. While Regis brushed off uh, quickly over the news, the ladies on The View were up to their usual outspokenness. Joe, uh, Joy Bayer joked of uh, the Spears' parenting book, it's like Jeffrey Dahmer writing a book on food. Really? It's like Jeffrey Dahmer writing a book on food. Here's the thing. Before you even finish Dahmer, I already knew what, the, what her punchline was going to be. I sent you a story, too, that goes along with this. Uh, is this, uh, do we have more? Oh, by the way, uh, the people were asking several things. Guy who says, what, who did Father Christmas? That was the Kinks, sir, Ray and Dave Davis. That's right. Don't listen to the OK Go version, even though it's good. The Kinks are better. Yeah, the Kinks are better. Uh, that is the Kinks, Father Christmas. And uh, people are asking who the grunting Santa Claus is coming to town, guys. That's like the Oh Holy Night thing. I have no idea who it is. Some guy. Uh, Tim, do you have uh, further news? Just a minute. My internet is a little bit slow, but it's popping up at any moment now. And now let's go to the inbox. And find out exactly what we have here. Well, you know, you know what I could kill some time with, Tim. What's that? Okay, it's coming through here. Okay. Well, the National Enquirer reported on July 28th about Jamie Lynn Spears' pregnancy. Is that true? July yes. 28th? Really? July 28th. Why didn't we notice that? Because they're always correct about things. Lawyers for the Nickelodeon star threatened legal action against the publication. Now a source for the Inquirer has leaked uh, uh, the letter that Jamie Lynn's lawyer sent at the time. It's priceless. It reads, quote, Miss Spears is a devout Christian with a spotless reputation who lives in accordance with the highest moral and ethical standards in accordance with her faith. There is no rumor concerning now get out your penis. non-existent uh, pregnancy, <laughs> except perhaps for the baseless rumor that... You have created by the National Enquirer. Miss Spears is not pregnant. It is pathetic for the National Enquirer to create a wholly baseless rumor that Miss Spears is pregnant so they can run a malicious story, a false story that would be emotionally devastating to a morally upright 16-year-old girl. <laughs> that is so great. Would you like me to read it again? Yes. Miss Spears is a devout Christian with a spotless reputation who lives in accordance with the highest moral and ethical standards in accordance with her faith. And she loves penises. Mm, there is no rumor concerning Miss Spears' non-existent pregnancy, except perhaps with a baseless rumor that you're creating by the National Enquirer. Miss Spears is not pregnant. It is pathetic for the National Enquirer to create a wholly baseless rumor that Miss Spears is pregnant so you can run a malicious story, a false story, God, which would be emotionally Enquirer. devastating to the morally upright 16-year-old girl. Hey, uh, Richie, do me a favor. Can you, as they say, reach out to the National Enquirer, see if we can get somebody from the Enquirer on in the next day or two to talk about this? Uh, they're, July twenty eighth. Yeah, they're no, they're horse for attention. They're great. We love the Enquirer. If you look into it and see if you can get somebody from the National Enquirer. So they're saying it's a spring baby, and that would put her at April. For for the birthing. Yeah. Jesus. God, 
And so she must have been 15 when she you know got what? pregnant. It must be true because they didn't. So they threatened legal action, but they never sued her, which means right. she was probably pregnant way back then. It was probably it was just an attempt to quash the story. Now, did the inquirer were the inquirer threatening to reveal it, or did they print this? They threatened apparently. Well, so the, reported, so it, there's a link on the. Site so that the inquirer didn't actually publish the story. They just um, sort see. of. It was they got somehow got wind that it was in the works. It's uploading Jamie now. Spears. Okay, it says, um, yeah, from July 28th, it says, Britney's little sister, Jane Lynn Spears, is pregnant. The National Enquirer is reporting. Huh. I don't remember that, though. No. How did that somehow go underneath? I, 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 because it just seemed so untrue. I bet it was one of those things where, like, yeah, right. You know, that's also in the midst of the Britney, like, crazy. Did, 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 was it just, did you assume that we maybe heard that at the time and then just kind of went, oh, that can't, and, went, and dismissed it? Yeah. yeah. Well, Okay. Um, yeah, we believe it now, don't we? We really do. Uh, I'm trying to find, let's see, um, personal life. I'm trying to find um, the um, something about Burr Lives. No. Oh. Although I did note that Burr Lives' uh, Wikipedia entry has been updated to note his interest in Satan. Um, I'm trying to find Jamie Lynn Spears' uh, Wikipedia entry. How do you spell Jamie? Is a dumb question. J-I-M-I-E. Oh, okay. J-J-I... Oh, J-A-M-I-E. J-A-M-I-E. Jamie. Yeah. She was born April 4th, 1991. All right, here we go. Personal life. Skip right to that. An upright Christian girl. She and her mother spoke to OK Magazine, blah, 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 blah. The father is Casey Altered, who she met through church. Okay. Uh, although she, uh, Spears had stated shortly before Thanksgiving that she had no steady boyfriend. boyfriend. She is continuing her education, wait for it, online. God, really? Probably with a camera. <laughs> um, pregnant, okay, when was she born? She was born April 4th, 1991. So she would then have gotten pregnant when? Like four months ago? Uh-huh. So that would be... So she would still be 16. So that would be August. So, uh, yeah, so she still would have been 16, and so the, the husband is, or husband, the, I wonder if they'll get married. I wonder if they're going to have he's, some hideous you know shotgun wedding. Do also her live-in boyfriend? Is that true? She li he lives with them. Is that part of those Christian values that they uphold? Good God almighty. Well, there's a chapel available in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> At the Brittany. How great would that be if they got married there? Oh, man. What a day. Yeah. What a day. All right. Tim, so will there be Christmas? More, what were we given? Warms the heart. Will, will there be more coverage of this later on in the program, Tim? Oh, you betcha. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, Tim Riley, the greatest newsman in the history of the world, back at 4, 5, 6, and 7, uh, top of the hour all the way through uh, Lycus. I'm uh, looking up here. Uh, let's see. What are you doing? I'm looking up this one. I'm looking up this article from TV Guide. In which Jamie Lynn Spears apparently says, apparently she comments on being pregnant, and I believe she says, quote, it was a shock. I'm trying to see if this is true, if she's made comment about this. Um, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Hey. Hey, um, if you listen to the Baxter Boys clip again, I think I Love Gay Men fits better, which would make sense. All right. Thank you, sir. Later. All right. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hey, Rick, I got a conspiracy theory. You, what, huh? I have a conspiracy theory. Okay. 
they floated a picture of supposedly Britney's ultrasound. Yeah, that's true. You remember month. that a few weeks ago? There was a supposedly that was in In Touch magazine. And how Maybe gay I am. They, they, they were talking about Britney's ending. You know what? If you look at the cover of Star, I think it is this week, they're claiming like flat out pregnant and eloping. Well, maybe it's Jamie Lynn's. Maybe it was Jamie Lynn's ultrasound. That would make good. Co Who are you, sir? This is Michael. Michael, I'm giving you something just for that observation. I'm going to give you. you a copy of Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to put you on hold. Richie will get your information. It is the final chapter in the biggest trilogy of the decade on Disney DVD. Pirates oh, we of the know Caribbean. That's not true. Shh. I mean, they gave us free thank stuff. Thank you, free stuff. Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. The two disc DVD filled with musty deleted scenes. Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End out on DVD, uh, DVD now from Disney DVD. I'm going to put you on hold, sir. Thank you. Well done. Congratulations. That makes tons of sense because I do remember those Britney Spears ultrasounds and the supposed intercepted text messages and stuff. Had to have been Jamie Lynn Spears's. Britney's kid sister is in a but family way. Britain, but the rumor didn't say Spears. It said that um, we heard that Britney's pregnant again. Right, but if you were... Well, let me ask... Okay, but let me put it this way. If you worked in a doctor's office and you saw a folder go by that said Spears, you know, an address of Beverly Hills, last name of Spears, and an ultrasound, uh -huh. what would you assume? Yeah. Britney. And you would immediately call up the inquirer. I saw some ultrasounds go by. Beverly Hills, they said, you know, it's Britney Spears, I think, and I think she's pregnant. I saw the ultrasound. Totally makes sense, because they probably have the same lawyer. They probably have the same doctor, because you got to figure there's a small group of doctors that they, you know, that cater to celebrities. Uh -huh. So the Spears family probably has the same doctor. They probably have the same lawyer. They probably have the same everything. Uh, and so it seems like a very excusable mistake that someone would see ultrasounds labeled Spears, especially... If she's 16 and they didn't put her name, if they put the mom's name. And you know the that's mom's not true. pregnant again. Uh -huh. You know Jamie Spears isn't pregnant or Lynn Spears isn't pregnant again. So you would see Lynn Spears ultrasound and you would think, aha, Britney's pregnant and hiding it. I'm going to tell the Inquirer. That makes total sense. That makes absolute sense. As soon as he said that, it all fell into place in my head. Um, Jamie Lynn Spears said, quote, it was a shock for both of us. So unexpected. I was in complete and total shock and so was he. I wonder if that's good news for him or bad news. I don't know. Why don't these kids get on the pillow wear condoms, though? It's just really frustrating. And, you know, and I hate to sound, I mean, I hate to sound like I'm biting Tom's thing here, but seriously, you know, they give you buckets and buckets and buckets of Planned free Parenthood, birth they control. They give you a paper bag full of hundreds of condoms. Yeah, I mean, you it's know. Just, it is frustrating. It's like, oh, it's such a shock. Oh, really? You're having sex with your boyfriend unprotected and you got pregnant? I'm Big news stunned. there. So... But, you know, you, that guy's got it. We have to break here. That guy's got to look at K-Fed, though, and figure K-Fed's in the chips. And, you know, Jamie Lynn Spears is not that rich, but she's rich. Boy, what a weird day. Yeah. Back after this, like us, Donna Mike, all that. You said it's the Rick Emerson Show. St. Nick, by the fireplace, dusting up his booty with a frown on his face. He said, hey, I said, what? He said, you, I said, what? He said, you left the fire burning and I burnt my heart. So now I've learned, you've got to turn. The fireplace down so said I won't get burned. Uh, how long do we have here? Well, like a little over a minute. Uh, Rick. 
Well, I don't have time to read this. No. Uh, Rick, I love your idea about the radio play on Friday. I'm looking forward to it with great anticipation. I am curious, though, about the content. I'm wondering if it'll be a Tim Riley-style production with decorum and class or a Rick Emerson-style production geared towards cheap laughs and the lowest common denominator. I think it's a happy mixture of both. He says, I don't doubt that it'll be genius either way. I just don't wish to expose my kids or wife to something that the narrow-minded might see, perceive as inappropriate. I trust you know the difference. Uh, well, I, don't I wouldn't say it's uh, offensive or blue in any way. No. There are a couple lines in there that are a little salty, perhaps, but there's nothing... Um, you know, I wouldn't say it's crude or crass in any way. I would say there's uh, ever there's one or two lines that one might view as being uh, ever so slightly profane. Uh, but nothing... Obviously, we can say it on the radio, so it's nothing we can't say on the radio. And there isn't... Uh, and Rick any... is Mr. Jump Button, so he wouldn't say anything. Yeah, and there's no uh, sexual content of any kind, and uh, we don't blaspheme uh, everyone's Lord and Savior, whoever that might be. And we don't have a picture of Muhammad. So everything should be fine. We should be good to go. So I wouldn't worry about it. That is very exciting. A cast of thousands. And we might be bringing back characters that maybe people might have known at some point along the life of the show. That is possible. It is possible. Anything's possible, Rick Emerson. Okay, so that's coming up two days from today, so be listening. Also, Nickel Arcade, Storm Large. uh, It's going to be a big show Friday. Uh, And whatnot. All right. uh, Like us next. Don and Mike at 7. We'll see you tomorrow at 11. As always, uh, the Rick Emerson Show produced today and every day by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon for AM 970 Solid State Radio. In the news from Tim Riley, Richie Bristol on the phones. Dave Zinn is the gatekeeper. Webmistress and imaging is Bridget from upstairs. And, of course, uh, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru Susan Reynolds. Our thanks to Lisa Desjardins, Ed McCarthy, and Steve Kasterman, as well as Mr. Skin today. Uh, We'll see you all tomorrow. Uh, the Rick Emerson Show. Thanks you for listening. Be safe. Watch out for snakes. Blah, da, da, blah. Bastards and whatnot. And hey, hey. See you all tomorrow. Bye now.